bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder. The cold, hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea and committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs. Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I've come to set the record I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold heart Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman Live direct it's the cold hard truth now now join the conversation on 345-936-2626 that number again is Good morning, folks. Um, welcome back to the program. Uh, my apologies this morning. I was um, so caught up in, in the um, updating the information about the accident that on social media, I forgot to hit the live button, honey child, but we should be live on radio. I think everything on radio looks good. Um, if anybody, that's why I replayed the intro twice, but anybody has any uh, issues, do let me know. I'm sure Chuck is in the background there. Uh, so many things going on in the background in the mornings, multitasking. Someone said to me the other day, oh, you should have a show producer. I'm like, that would be nice. Um, <laughs> maybe one day, but for, for now, it's me sort of doing a lot of what you see happening here, folks. Not a lot of it, all of it. Um, so sometimes the brain, if it's sort of hyper-focused on something like a possible road fatality, I got to tell you, my mind kind of just, you know, um, such a sad situation, of course, uh, that I was just sort of thinking about that. So good morning to Marshall. Good morning to Nathan. Miss Iva's in the house. Uh, Alejandro is here. So before we have our guests come on this morning, I wanted to just make a really um, brief announcement. So again, those of you who are just joining us uh, might have seen on social media that there was a road fatality this morning. Uh, we will be updating you as soon as we have some additional details on the situation. But at this point, we just know that it involved a motorbike and a truck in the vicinity of Walker's Road and Memorial Avenue. And the police are asking, um, as they now have a section of that road closed off, that anyone in the vicinity, um, you know, please know that you're going to be diverted. Traffic is being diverted this morning. And if you don't really have to be in that area, by all means, please find an alternate route. So we're hearing that it's a fatality. The police have not said that yet. Sometimes they don't say it right away, but all of our sources have indicated that um, that's the situation. Um, so, yeah. All right. Uh, not hearing you on YouTube. Somebody says, let me just see if I can get everybody the links. 
uh, make sure that we're all being heard. So does that, does that mean you're not hearing me, but you're seeing me or you're not hearing me at all? Mm -hmm. um, so let me just confirm that we're looking good in terms of audio here. All right, so anybody in, on YouTube hearing me okay, just give me a thumbs up. Good morning to Marshall, Nathan, Miss Iva, Alejandro is here, Miss Elizabeth, Buenos Dias. Everton is also here, Diamond Princess, Juliet. Um, good morning to you as well. We should be on, um, somebody says, seeing and hearing you clearly on YouTube, so we should be good. Okay, yes, thank you so much for the confirmation, folks. I think we're all good. Uh, so yeah, a bit, of, a bit of sad news. And of course, this always, um, uh, listen, this is a live show. Um, you know, our mood is, is in real time. And um, it's just so weird when you hear certain things that sometimes you can't really predict, um, you know, how you're going to feel about it. You know, we're, we're supposed to be very, very sterile in terms of the world and news. But I got to tell you what, sometimes these situations just really um, kind of hit you in a different way. So as soon as we know more, uh, we will certainly... I'll let you guys know. Just really sad. I think you guys all need to be careful out there on the roadway. Every single day we're advocating for better road safety. I know the National Roads Authority is going to be um, launching some initiatives now. They were looking for some private partnerships to work along with them to relaunch some of the safe road uh, campaigns and efforts that they have been uh, working on. And so if you're interested, folks, in um, you know, assisting the NRA and getting that, the messaging out there, then by all means, um, you know, please do so. All right, so we do have guests in the studio. Today's Tuesday. So, of course, Tuesday is our Tuesday rundown segment. So um, we'll come back to some of those other tidbits uh, as we get additional information on that incident. First Lady, good morning to you. Um, she says, may I remind you how blessed we are to be alive today. Um, God bless you. What, a, what an amazingly positive message. Uh, Ms. Vivine is also here with us. Jafana, thank you so much. Uh, Andy joining us and Ms. Renita. And of course, countless more folks um, now grabbing a hold of the live stream. So share it, by the way. I, I sent it out every morning on my WhatsApp list. Make sure that you share it with everyone else um, as well. So we do have um, some guests in the studio this morning. So first up, we've got Shamari Scott. Uh, this is Health City's uh, Medical Rundown Tuesdays. So such a pleasure to have them here, educating us every single week. Just a couple of days ago, Shamari, I had someone tell me how much they enjoy the educational um, segments that we have because they're like, it's fantastic that you can have experts on and we all have access to this information and we can all learn. Why is it important for Health City to um, have this type of initiative where you're really sharing medical um, information with people? With the community no definitely good morning Cayman. good morning Cayman. and just to say sandy that um we understand that health city is here as your tertiary and quaternary care provider on island to take care of a lot of ailments you know when you have them and to make sure that that we're healing and we're also fixing problems and giving you better quality of life but what's even more important than that is for us to come on give information a lot of times if we can help to catch certain diseases and disease profiles early, then your your standard of living will be that much better, or we may actually save a life. And even more so, um, why we even have like a Dr. Pooja coming on is so that we can talk about preventative care, because we have 
Well, mm-hmm. I was about to say 60,000. We have 72,000 or 78,000, whatever it is right now, persons on island, which is relatively small when you look at, you know, other countries. Um, as a trusted provider working, obviously, with the Ministry of Health and other healthcare organizations, why shouldn't we put the information out of there from a preventative perspective to make sure that we keep as many people as possible healthy? And then on the back end, obviously, if there is an issue, we'll be able to help as well. So it's our civic duty, um, and we take it, we take it, um, we, we hold it close to our heart. And that's why we do a lot of screenings in the community for free. Um, we make sure that, and, and we're going to talk about one of the specials that we have to make sure that you can get those yearly checkups to make sure you're on the right path or that we can catch things early just to ensure that Health City is doing everything we can to be um, a part of this community and a, and a part of the community that, that really held, holds the organizational excellence showing that we're willing to, to give back in every which way. All right. Absolutely amazing. Um, thank you so much, Shamari, um, for that. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, inform- information is, um, they say knowledge is power. And the more you know, the more that you're able to do in terms of your health. And I think that really and truly the aim for all of us is to live our best lives possible. And that means being healthier and being more conscious and aware of the things that, um, you know, you need to do to put yourself just in a, in a better overall position. So that's why I love these segments. I always learn something every single Tuesday, no matter how much I think I know about a topic. Um, you know, I always learn a little bit something more. So we've got uh, Dr. Bouja, who is my favorite. I hate to, I, I don't know. I might be upsetting some people over at Health City. Um, <laughs> I know. What, one of your favorites, one of your favorites. I know, right? I've got to be politically correct. But, you know, as, as a woman, I'll tell you what, um, why I love Dr. Pooja. As a woman, my entire life, believe it or not, I've only had male um, gynecologists, OBGYNs, and um, they, were, they were good. You know, I've had some really fantastic ones. I'm not trying to knock them in any way. But there is really something different about having a woman um, in charge of women's issues and feminine issues. And, you know, you just feel so much more comfortable knowing that you can say something to her or maybe not even say something to her and she's going to know what you're thinking. She's going to know how you feel and um, you're going to be able to have a different type of conversation. Um, so there's the, the expert level the expertise that comes with the medical professionals, but then there's just also that um, personal touch and bedside manners and personality that um, just has good morning. And, and, and before, before the fan favorite, before the fan favorite starts talking, just to mention, Sandy, <laughs> that outside of the bedside manner, um, Dr. Pooja has over a decade of experience mm-hmm. and she's joined Health City since 2019. I know we had a little pandemic in between there, so yes. it seems as if she's been with us a lot longer, um, but she has been with us for approximately four years. She has vast experience in laparoscopic surgeries and other type of surgeries as well. Mm-hmm. And an interesting tidbit that at some point during the show, Dr. Pooja needs to tell us about this. If she hasn't mentioned it on a program before, mm-hmm. she actually pioneered cervical cancer screening using VIA, VIA uh, or VILI. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm doing that justice, mm-hmm. Dr. Pooja, at the Central Railwood Hospital in India. Uh, wow. That has now become an integral modality for screening cervical cancer in that area. So it yeah. just shows you that outside of her bedside manner, outside mm-hmm. of her quality, oh, she's, she's also 
innovative and also helping to solve issues. And we're very, very, very lucky to have her as part of the Health City team and also to have her on island as well. So, yes. and favorite yes. Dr. Pooja. Um, Dr. Pooja, thank you so much. Again, she has a diploma in family planning awarded by the College of Physicians and Surgeons in Mumbai. She, um, you know, uh, the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists in the United Kingdom. She has a DNB and obstetrics, 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 running. Yeah, that. <laughs> and gynecology awarded by the National Board of Examinations in New Delhi, India as well. So vast experience, as Shamari was saying, in laparoscopic, lap, laparoscopic surgeries. Oh, tongue twisting today. Um, sling surgeries as well as surgeries for stress, urinary incontinence, and vaginoplasties. Mm, we got to have a conversation about that one day. Uh, but we do have a caller already on the line. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Um, I just had a question. Does the doctor only do visits at Health City in East End or does she do clinics in West Bay as well? Okay, that's a really good question. Thank you, caller. All right, let's see if um, Shamari, I know that everybody is anxiously anticipating the expansion of um, Health City uh, on the West Bay Quadrant. And as you can see, you know, people want access to all of your services. So tell us a little bit before we get into today's specific topic about um, when they can expect um, for the new location to be opened and what services will actually be available at that location. And well, even prior to the, the new location, I don't know all of Dr. Pooja's schedules. Um, however, she'll need to tell me, you, you're also at Kamana Bay a few times yes. out of the week, correct? So yeah. you don't so have I'm, to wait. Sorry, go ahead, Dr. Pooja. Yes, I'm based both at East End and Kamana Bay. Kamana Bay is, I'm there on two days of the week. That's Tuesdays between seven to three and Fridays between three to seven. Oh, fantastic. So there you go. Um, give, give, uh, give Healthy a call and they can book Dr. Pooja for you um, at that location, at the Karana Bay location. So very, Definitely, very. Sandy, so, location. so yeah, Sandy. So that was the reason why we actually um, prior to having a new hospital made sure that we had the Kamana Bay location. Just because, mm -hmm. as I was mentioning before, 70% of the population live in Georgetown and the Seven Mile Corridor into West mm -hmm. Bay. Um, so we wanted to make sure that people had easy access to our physicians if they have an issue, um, as well as some of the checkups afterwards. Don't You don't necessarily have to come all the way up to East End. Um, if you need to see Dr. Pooja, you can come one of those two days to make it as convenient as possible. Mm -hmm. So we looked to see what, you know, what we could offer the Cayman Islands community that would enhance health city services and coming closer to the majority was one way. And that's why we're very pleased with the service at, at Kamana Bay and what we're able to offer. And then obviously, as you mentioned, when we have the new hospital next year, the majority of services um, will be offered there, as well as a lot of your daycare type of procedures. Mm -hmm. And then your more serious long stay procedures will still happen um, in our main campus um, being East End. Beautiful. So I'm not the only person who's having, um, what's the opposite of a bromance? What's, what's the female equivalent of a bromance? <laughs> Is there such a thing? I don't know. Just love, just pure love for Dr. Yeah. I am not the only one. Listen to what this person just messaged and said. They said, good morning, Sandy. I am now a patient of Dr. Pooja since the last time she was on your show. Love her. Love her. 
there's no other OBGYN for me going forward. So um, a testament that it's not just me that's in love with Dr. Pooja. Lots and lots of people are. So folks, um, you know, outside of today's topic, if you have anything, um, your regular checkups, any sort of issues, listen, Dr. Pooja is your woman <laughs> for sure. Anything related to gynecological, um, you know, maintenance, concerns, the works. But today we're going to be focusing on HPV. Now, I think a lot of us have probably heard um, this terminology before. We've heard the acronym. So now we're going to find out exactly what HPV is and what we need to know. So Dr. Pooja, what is HPV? Uh, well, before I start, uh, thank you, Sandy and Shamari, for all of the love and the support. And thank you to all of the listeners. And I'm glad to be back on the show once again. So coming right back to the topic, HPV stands for human papilloma virus. That is the virus which is responsible for cervical cancer and a few other cancers in women like vaginal and vulval cancers. And cancers in men specifically are penile cancers and uh, common cancers which are gender, um, what do you say, neutral, let's put it that way. Uh, anal cancers and oral cancers. Apart from the cancers, it also causes uh, sexually transmitted infections, which in the form of genital warts in both men and women. Mm -hmm. All right, fantastic. So um, this is not fantastic if you have it, that's for sure, but it's good to know exactly uh, what it is, folks. So of course, there are different types um, of HPV as well. Um, I think that I started to hear more about it once the HPV, HPV vaccine became available. We're going to be talking about that uh, here in just a bit. But it's, it's quite important for people to understand, um, you know, what HPV is and how uh, we're going to talk about how they can get it, what are some of the symptoms and so on. But basically, it's considered a sexually transmitted infection. Can you tell us the difference between a sexually transmitted infection and an STD, a sexually transmitted disease? Are they interchangeable terms now? Yes. So they're absolutely the same. Uh, it's just that disease has a more... Um, what do you say not a nice ring to it and it sounded very harsh so it, they changed it from stds to stis mm. same like pcod uh, has now become pcos so polycystic ovarian disease has now become polycystic ovarian syndrome right okay so just a slight change in terminology then absolutely Yes. And um, tell us about the prevalence of um, HPV. Who, so who HPV, like this? HPV is very, very common amongst um, sexually active uh, individuals. Uh, like you and I have our names, there are around 200 types or types of HPV viruses, and they're denoted by numbers starting from 1, 2, 3, 4, so on and so forth. There are a few which are high risk for cancer. There are a few which are high risk for sexually transmitted infections, and they kind of have an understanding between them, so they're not going to uh, cross over to the other side. Um, nobody's exempt from an HPV infection. As long as you're sexually active, you are prone to have HPV. The only mode of uh, transmission of HPV is through intercourse. It could be vaginal, it could be anal, it could be oral, or it could just be skin to skin, genital skin to skin contact as well. So this is one of those uh, STIs, which uh, are probably not 100% preventable by even using uh, safe sex practices like condoms. Mm, interesting. 
So um, extremely prevalent, uh, you said, really because of its ease of transmission. Um, so you can get it uh, through different types of exposure, including just skin to skin touching during any sort of sexual activity. But this is genital skin to skin. So people get me wrong when I say skin to skin. So it's not like if somebody has uh, genital HPV and you touch their hand, shake hands with them or give them a hug even, you are not going to get HPV. Yeah. It's only genital skin to skin contact. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want to get too graphic on the program this morning, but I want to understand exactly what that means. So if someone was touching their privates with their hand and then say they didn't wash their hands and they touched you, you couldn't get it that way. No, it was on your very, very unlikely. So, yeah. um, what happens with most of the STIs is the transmission is because of either the vaginal secretions or the uh, semen or seminal fluid. Uh, versus HPV, it also transmits that way. But uh, if there is contact between the scrotal skin and the vulval skin, that's how it could spread. So the warts that we generally see with HPV are on the skin aspect of uh, the genitals as opposed to the mucosa, which is the, the slimy or the, the inner portion of um, the genitals. But having said that, it, it can happen in the vagina, it can happen on the vulva, in the groin area. Um, all around and these warts are typically tiny and they have small finger-like projections uh, they can be either solitary so you'll probably have just one that's why it goes amiss most often or you might have a big bunch of them where you will have to come in and you will say that hey something is wrong and I need to get this sorted mm -hmm. okay all right, so symptoms can develop years after you've actually come in contact with it. So again, it's one of those things that kind of just lays dormant a little bit, like you you get it and you don't even know that you have it. Yes, so this and uh, herpes, these are two, these are one of two uh, STIs, I mean, two of the STIs, which can kind of affect you at some point of time. You may be infected at some point, but you may show the symptoms probably years uh, down the line. So it's not that you can pinpoint and say that this sexual encounter caused it or whether you gave it to someone or that someone gave it to you. Um, it's, it's just that we have to be extremely safe and careful in our encounters. Yes. So most people, folks, have no symptoms or health issues. You may, um, as Dr. Pooja said, uh, experience some genital warts as well as an abnormal pap smear result. And we're going to talk about the connection really here with some of the cancers, because of course that's where the biggest concern is as it relates to HPV. So it's entirely possible that you could have HPV your entire life and not really have any symptoms. You could just be fine. Yes, yeah. so uh, HPV again, at the end of the day is a virus. Mm -hmm. If your immune system is good, it's going to clear out the virus on its own without letting it cause any symptoms. Mm -hmm. um, or it can just sit in your system, do absolutely nothing and then clear out. It's very, um, it's not always, but it's seldom that this virus can kind of incorporate into your uh, cell DNA and then cause changes at the DNA level and then turn into cancer. So that's mm -hmm. where the whole uh, smear screening comes into play. Mm -hmm. From the time a person gets infected with the HPV virus mm -hmm. to the time it turns into cancer, if it were to turn into cancer, is a good 10 to 15 years. And it has to go through certain changes in cells before it turns into cancer. So the ideology behind doing a pap smear is to pick up these precancerous lesions so that they can be treated and eliminated so that, uh, you know, cervical cancer can be prevented. Now, this is one of those preventable 
uh, cancers and WHO has a standing saying that they need to eradicate or eliminate cervical cancer by 2030. So if we all did our part by coming in regularly for our pap screenings and doing the HPV vaccinations as recommended, we can actually achieve that goal and eliminate cervical cancer. Really? Wow. That's amazing to hear. Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about the uh, HPV vaccine here in just a little bit. But some of the health problems um, that are caused by HPV, so let's just go through these. I know you mentioned the genital warts already. Uh, you were just talking about cervical cancer, but there are other types of cancers as well that has a link to certain types of HPV. Yeah, so you have uh, in women, like I said, the vulval and the vaginal cancer, mm-hmm. uh, which behave very similar to the, to cervical cancer, but are extremely aggressive. They're not very common, but when you have them, they're extremely, extremely aggressive cancers. Mm-hmm. Then you have penile cancer in men or anal cancer in both men and women and oropharyngeal cancer, which happens uh, due to oral sex. Mm-hmm. Okay. So last week, I think it was, we we're talking about the, um, the sort of head, neck and throat cancers. And so HPV is now one of the known causes um, of um, head and neck cancers. Yes. Yes, it is. It is one of the more prevalent causes of oropharyngeal cancers in the Western hemispheres, as opposed to developing nations where tobacco chewing would be uh, the number one cause for oropharyngeal cancers. Hmm. Very interesting. I remember many, many years ago, I was um, driving and listening to NPR, which is my favorite station when I'm in the US. And they were talking about how they started to discover that there was a link between um, sort of these neck cancers, throat cancers, and cancers of the mouth, particularly in men. It's so interesting how the medical profession, you know, Dr. Pooja, we were talking about you as a woman and having access to you, you know, from one woman to the next, makes experience a little bit more different. And, you know, there's a lot of research around how, you know, women are um, treated differently in healthcare. Their healthcare symptoms sometimes can be different. And, you know, research around women's issues are not always prioritized the same way that, um, funding is available for some of the issues impacting men. But I remember this report um, and, you know, experts being interviewed talking about how they started over the years to see this increase, this very stark increase in the prevalence of um, men who had very, what they call at time, unusual um, neck and throat cancers who were not smokers and had no other risk factors. And eventually they were actually able to link it to uh, the HPV uh, virus. Mm-hmm. So this so, is all, like I said, because of uh, sexual choices and modalities of intercourse mm-hmm. is why we are seeing such a big prevalence of uh, oropharyngeal cancers in men and women. Uh, generally, oropharyngeal cancers tend to be more prevalent in men. Um, that's why the whole research uh, towards these kind of cancers uh, with these causes. Yes. All right. So, um, so here we are now knowing for sure that there's a connection in 2018 HPV-related throat cancer surpassed surgical cancer as the most common HPV-related cancer in the U.S. I was a bit shocked uh, to read that. Wow, that's kind of huge, I think. The reason being uh, because uh, for cervical cancer, we have a robust screening that's pap. uh, And we assume that most women will be coming in regularly for their paps, which means that we are seeing a declining and downward trend in cervical cancer, rightly so, as we should. And unfortunately, we do not have such guidelines for any other cancers caused by the HPV. And hence, you will find that cervical cancer is on a decline, 
especially in uh, first world countries and developed nations as opposed to developing nations where it will still be the topmost cancer uh, in women uh, as opposed to breast cancer being the number one cancers in women uh, in the western hemisphere and developed uh, nations okay so um studies support that orin <laughs> you have to help me there dr puja oropharyngeal orin oral pharyngeal pharyngeal yes. cancers which impact the tonsils back of the mouth and base of the tongue have actually been on the rise since the mid 1980s and listen to this currently 50 to 70% of those cases are actually caused by HPV infections. And this is why we're trying to educate people around this subject today, folks, and why the more you know, as they used to say back in the day, the more you grow. So we've talked about, um, you know, some of the issues around this, but let's talk about risk factors so that people can know, although it's very, very common, and I think a lot of people will be um, impacted by some form of HPV, what increases your risk? So uh, if you have an early start to your sexual life if you have multiple sexual partners if you aren't practicing uh, safe sex te- techniques like using condoms or if you have um, lowered immunity for whatever reason say you have diabetes say you have hiv conditions with drastically uh, lower your immune system mm-hmm. is what puts you at a high risk for hpv or you may not need to have any of these factors and you can still have hpv but these are the most common risk factors uh, for someone to develop uh, hpv infections mhm okay all right so again folks um having sex at an earlier age when you're talking to your young people and you're trying to get them to wait um one of the many reasons and there are many more reasons of course why they should wait is they are exposing themselves um to different types of infections and a lot of it has to do with their knowledge and understanding of just how to be safe right um they don't yet have that information and you know the longer you are sexually active the more possibility you are to be exposed to different things as well um having multiple sexual partners and a weakened immune system can make it less likely that you're going to be able to fight off um hpv and more likely that you're going to develop hpv related health issues so um we've talked about now how it spread Uh, some of the symptoms that you can look out for the one symptom of course an abnormal pap test result um because you can test separately for hpv so you can go into a physician's office dr puja and say i want to get an hpv test you honestly don't even need to say that if you would come in for a pap test you would be getting the pap and the hpv test because that's become the new norm now to co test almost every every patient that we have and once you do a pap smear with the hpv test and both parts of the test have come back to be negative or normal you don't need to repeat either of the two tests for the next 4 to 5 years mm-hmm. and the test also shows you if you've had a past infection is that right not really so if you are actively infected with hpv at that point of time is when the test will flag and uh, come up as positive but if you have had a past infection and it's cleared out of your system it's mm-hmm. not going to show up if you had an infection in the past and it's still in your system it will show up so this test will only show you whether you have the hpv in your system or not it's not going to tell you anything more when it came how it came we don't get any other information except mm-hmm. that you are infected with hpv and you are infected with these particular types of hpv virus which are a high risk for cancer mm. 
And is there anything that someone can do to eradicate the HPV virus from their system? Um, so, like I said, if you have a good immune system, it's going to clear itself out. The second thing is to take the HPV vaccines, which we want to very strongly talk about today, mm-hmm. and to come in and do their part with their uh, pap smears and their screening. So sometimes you can't do much to get the HPV out of your system. So you'd rather just keep an eye on it to make sure that it's not causing any trouble. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's let's talk then um, about the vaccine. So the vaccine came, um, how long has it been around now? I feel like it's been... Oh, it's been around for a long, long time. I think 2002, if I'm not wrong, somewhere yeah. around then was when the vaccines were launched. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not like the vaccines that we have currently that people frown upon and say, hey, not another vaccine that you're pushing towards me. We have over 20 years of 20 or 25 years worth of uh, studies and trials to say beyond doubt that this is an absolutely safe and effective vaccine. And nobody should hesitate from taking these vaccines because they do not have any side effects. It's not going to give you any flu-like symptoms, myalgia. It's not that you need to take a day off from work. Absolutely nothing. You just come to get your shot and carry out, uh, carry on with life mm-hmm. as per routine. So if I have to tell you historically about the vaccines, there were two main uh, players in the market when the HPV vaccine came out. Mm-hmm. One was Cervarix and the other was Gardasil. Now, remember I told you HPV has multiple viruses and they're all denoted by their numbers. So Cervarix uh, was a bivalent vaccine, bi meaning two. Uh, It gave you protection against two of those 200 odd uh, viruses. And those both of those uh, viruses were focused towards cervical cancer. Mm. Those two viruses in turn would give you cross protection against probably another eight to 10 more. Um, So that was about the Cervarix. Then came Gardasil which uh, was a quadrivalent vaccine, which means four. So it gave you protection against four. So two for sexually transmitted infections and two for cervical cancer. Those four in turn would give you probably cross protection against 20, 30 more of those viruses. This one was a little more popular than the Cervarix because it offered protection against both sexually transmitted infections and um, cervical cancer. Currently, what we have in the market and what we hi- highly recommend for people to use is the Gardasil 9 or the non-avalent vaccine, which has nine viruses that it offers protection for, uh, some mm-hmm. against cancer, some against sexually transmitted in- infections, which in turn offers cross-protection against more than 50 to 60 uh, of those 200-odd viruses. If you look at the statistics, um, with the non-avalent vaccines, Uh, When they're taken at the right time, uh, the right time to take an HPV vaccine would be when you are sexually naive, which means you have never had uh, sexual intercourse uh, Mm -hmm. in any form. Um, It offers around 95% protection against cervical cancer, 99.9% protection against vulval, vaginal and anal cancers, and around 99% protection against sexually transmitted infections, which means we're talking about numbers which are less than 0.1% and less than 5% for sexually transmitted infections and cervical cancer, respectively, versus someone who takes that cancer when, I mean, the the vaccine when they are not sexually naive, which means uh, they're sexually active and probably in their 20s, 30s, or any stage in their life, that those numbers dip ever so slightly. So the 99.9 comes down to like a 95. 
and a 95 comes down to a 90 which is still a humongous number uh, if you look at our general population so mm-hmm. it would make sense. so we don't recommend the vaccine only to kids who are sexually naive but we recommend it to every single person um mm-hmm. male or female to take the vaccine the old recommendation was to uh, provide vaccinations up until the age of 45 yeah. but the new recommendations say that if you feel that the person is at a high risk uh, for hpv infections uh, mm-hmm. even beyond the age of 45 go for the vaccine so somebody who uh, who is probably has ended their long term relationship i want to say at the age of 43 44 mm-hmm. and there's going to be no difference between that person and uh, probably an 18 year old who is just uh, exploring their sexual options so mm-hmm. we do not treat the 44 44 45 year old any differently than the 18 year old and we mm-hmm. would vaccinate even that person because yeah. she is at an equal or more risk than an 18 year old because the 18 year old has an immune system which is way better than the 45 year old so we would take that opportunity to vaccinate even the 45 year old at that point of time mm, so interesting So um basically I'm just going to summarize and we do have a question then we're going to bring in um Miss Ashurlene uh, as well from the Cayman Islands Cancer Society who's the prom- promotions officer but um so HPV folks is a group of more than 200 related viruses um of which more than 40% are spread through direct sexual contact now of those like there's two that cause genital warts there's about a dozen that can cause different types of cancer which we talked about what some of those are everything cervical cancer penile cancer vulvar vaginal cancer and so on but they know now you know which ones are high risk so hpv type 6 and 11 causes 90% of genital warts um hpv types 16 and 18 uh which are two high risk hpvs cause about 70% i mean listen to this about 70% of cervical cancer so when dr puja talks about you know um the world health organization wanted to eradicate as cervical cancer if you know that something AK, um you know hpv type 16 and 18 cause 70% of cervical cancers and an even higher percentage of some of those cancers are caused um you know you you can actually then if everyone gets vaccinated against hpv eliminate at least that 70% pretty much just by vaccination and then pre early screening pre screening and so on can catch the remainder so this is really really um important and then there's other types types 31 33 45 52 and 58 are also considered high risk hpvs that account for an additional 10 to 20% of cervical cancer so if you combined all of those i mean i can see why eradication is very very possible so the gardasil um it prevents uh type 6 11 16 and 18 so you've got protection from 4 uh the cervix uh you look at type 16 and 18 so gardasil is definitely the preference when it comes to uh vaccination Dr. Pooja Oh did I lose her Oh sorry <laughs> No sorry that was my bad I was trying to do something and I disconnected myself from the call apologies yeah. So yeah so uh Cervix like you rightly said gave you protection only against those two viruses 16 and 18 but they were the most they are the most important causes of uh cervical cancer in women mm-hmm. but the Gardasil 9 current, currently gives you protection against 16 18 31 33 mm-hmm. all of those high risk fact, uh viruses that you mentioned so mm-hmm. it's covering uh, a lot more um of these high risk vi- viruses 
as well as the ones which cause STIs. So this would be the vaccine of choice, and this would be the one that we provide at Health City. And I'm sure the Cancer Society will come in. Uh, Charlene will call in, uh, come in a little later to tell you more about what uh, Cancer Society is doing with the vaccinations. Yes. All right, Charlene. Let's go ahead and bring you in, Charlene. Good morning. Uh, welcome back to the program. So good to see you again. Thank you for having me, Sandy. Yeah, so um, tell us a little bit about what the Cayman Islands Cancer Society does specific to um, these available vaccines and um, okay, any so treatment options for people who might have um, these types of cancers as well. So um, the Cancer Society um, partnered with um, the Ministry of Health and Education mm -hmm. to launch the um, HPV, HPV program in 2012-2013 school year um, to get girls. It started off just with the girls, getting the girls vaccinated between the ages of um, 9-11 to, to 14 years of age. However, the second phase of the program now is targeting boys. We want to be able to go into the schools um, and vaccinate girls and boys. And we want to relaunch the program this coming fall for the new school year. And of course, with the um, approval of the parents, we want to be able to educate the public and the schools with um, how the HPV vaccine is um how it works and, and how it can prevent these cancers in our young people. Mm -hmm. Very good. We've got lots of questions actually coming in. So thank you very much for telling us a little bit more about the educational efforts. Lots of people very interested. I noticed they're a little bit shy. So they're sending the messages on WhatsApp. No problem. Um, Marshall says, how long can a person live with the HPV virus? So once you have it, I mean, I'm assuming, you know, if it doesn't clear your system, it's, you know, it's just there, right? Yeah, so the HPV, uh, if it's not going to cause any trouble, can be in your system forever and just remain dormant, and it's not going to give you any trouble. If it is going to turn into cancer, then that depends on what stage of cancer we've caught it at and the treatment options that you have and so on and so forth. Uh, this person says, if someone does not know their vaccination status, is there mm -hmm. an antibody test for HPV? No, not at the moment. There's no antibody test. If you do not know your vaccination status, I would recommend just come in and take the new three doses because it's not going to cause any trouble or any harm just because you've been vaccinated. But if someone, the other side of the story is if someone has already been vaccinated with, say, the cervix or with the Gardasil uh, quadrivalent vaccine, they do not need to come in for uh, a, a fresh set of vaccines because you are going to have a new vaccine every single day. Just because there's something new uh, doesn't mean that you need to take that because you already have the vaccine in your system, which is doing its job. So your role at this point would be to continue doing your screenings as per the recommendations. Um, someone asking about the origins of um, HPV transmission. And I just had a quick look and it goes way back before you and I <laughs> were even, you know, way back to the Neanderthal. So we don't have to worry too much about that. It's, it's nothing recent. Um, one other question is, can men get vaccinated against HPV? And if so, where in Cayman can they get vaccinated? 
so men should be vaccinated let's not not say can they should be vaccinated against hpv um and they can get it at health city we provide the vaccines we have the guards you know the nonvalent vaccines available like shorlin said uh, the cancer society is going to be running a program for school going kids uh, both boys and girls between the age of 11 to 14 to be vaccinated against the hpv with the same gardasil line but this is going to be only for children going to public schools unfortunately so children going to private schools or children whose parents are not very keen on giving them a vaccine via the school program are very welcome to come in to health city and just take the vaccine uh, the dosing uh, schedule changes slightly between uh, different age groups so between 11 to 14 it's a two dose vaccine where you take the first dose if you take the first dose today that's called the zero dose the next dose happens anytime 5 months later so the next dose would be 6 uh, months down the line that's how we schedule it so zero and 6 months is what we would say anybody over the age of 14 to uh, to the upper limit is wherever you stop the vaccination at uh, it's a three dose vaccine so it would be a zero to six uh, month dosing which means if you take your first dose today the next dose would be two months from today and the following dose would be six months from today okay somebody uh, who's taking sorry somebody who's taking just a single dose and said no i think that's good enough it's not good enough if you've taken sing, uh, a single dose and you've not come back Uh, within the stipulated amount of time say you've come back in 6 months for your second dose you will have to restart that whole cycle again so try and not be um, careless about the vaccines because it just means that you have to take it all over again it's not going to give you any trouble if you take even six shots of the same vaccine but it's just a burden on your pocket it's a two dose vaccine so you have to take the two doses two or three depending on where you are uh, with your okay. age All right, and in the allotted time frame. So, Charlene, um, good to see that public schools are going to get access to it. But why not target all schools? Um, is this like a budget issue, or I mean, obviously, private school kids are probably engaging in sexual activity as well. Maybe more so. Who knows? I don't know. Actually, it is a budget issue, Sandy. Yeah. Uh, because when the program was launched, we launched it with the Gardasil Four, which was significantly more. inexpensive than the Gardasil 9 which is what is um is being used now since the Gardasil 4 was discontinued so we are we are trying to get the funding necessary to be able to get these vaccines and we have um our the DG5K from last year we were um one of the recipients of those um funds that from that walk so part proceeds from that will help us to get these vaccines however we need so much more and we're appealing to to the public to companies organizations to partner with us so that we can get these vaccines out to the children and 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 be able to give them this uh prevention uh preventable um vaccine against cancer so yeah All right folks so you know um if you're willing to assist with with funding by all means somebody else was thinking the same thing as me why just public schools but it just comes down to money and we completely understand that um so please contact uh, the Cayman Islands Cancer Society you know this is one of those things that's really really important if we wish to um 
eradicate certain types of cancers, it appears that it's very, very possible. So uh, we have um, First Lady Jayanne sorry, says, I love how her information is clear and understanding. How much for the vaccine at Health City? So Shamari, do you have any details on pricing? And is this something that insurance covers as part of like, I would think preventative or what are we looking at here? So that part I would have to, unless that, I think Dr. Pooja would know, I'm not familiar with um, any costs for the vaccine itself. Um, but if Dr. Pooja isn't aware, I can I can get that information for you, Sandy. Okay. I think you've got yourself muted. Yeah, you've got yourself muted. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, so I'm I'm not 100% sure because unfortunately I don't speak money, but I think <laughs> it's close to uh, the, uh, I think just around the $200 mark. Mm -hmm. And it is, uh, it can be taken out of your wellness benefits. You're right. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So that sounds quite but, good. But Sandy, I'll get that information yes. by the end of the yeah, day. So you can, you can let the listening audience be aware. Yeah. So um, this person is saying they're commanding children in private schools too. Yes, and it's just a funding issue. So contact people who care about commanding children, no matter where they're going to school, who might be willing to donate um, to you know the Cayman's Cancer Society, and then they can expand their efforts into um, the private schools as well. And um, you know what, uh, Charlene, I was just thinking. You know, if your child goes to private school, well, you know that you pay for everything at private school in any event. You pay for tuition. Uh, they sneeze. They're going to send you a bill for that. But why not just approach the schools to say, hey, you know, why don't we do campaigns? Um, it might not be free or no cost, but we can still do campaigns where we're educating um, and giving access to the vaccine in the school environment. Once obviously parents are OK with that, I think that that's still um, a good initiative that could be launched. And then maybe some um, benefactor who has, you know, money that they'd like to donate can see the wonderful um, organization and wonderful things that the Cayman Cancer Society does and step forward to assist um, with this, this program. Definitely, so I, I think that is um, that is a good suggestion and, um, and we will take that into consideration because like you said, there are kids in every school, private and public, that needs to be vaccinated. And and but we're the, the only thing, Sandy, is that we're we're seeing uh, pushback from the parents because mm -hmm. they think that if their child is vaccinated against the HPV, it 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 promotes promiscuity oh, amongst the, 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 the kids. And so we're trying to to get rid of that stigma and, mm -hmm. and just let parents know that this is a preventative vaccine yes. and, and we're not in any way trying to promote promiscuity again um, with the young people you know what mm -hmm. i mean mm -hmm. so that is is why we're trying to educate 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 the public um regarding mm -hmm. the hpv vaccine yeah. And I mean, we, you know, we have this discussion all the time in terms of just general sex education, you know, educating your children, speaking openly about sexual activity doesn't mean that you're encouraging them to go out there and have sex. And in fact, research has shown that it is the opposite. You know, the more knowledgeable your children are, the more they understand these things, the less mm -hmm. they're going to fall into misinformation from their peers and the more they're likely to make, you know, um, better choices and better decisions about sexual activity, because then they understand the risk um, that are associated physically, psychologically, and so on 
with um, early, um, you know, sex, and they will say, hold on, I'm not ready to take on any of that, because I know these are the facts. My parents have spoken to me, you know, I've spoken to um, medical professionals, people from the Cayman Islands um, Cancer Society's educational program. So folks, um, listen, start to educate yourselves, that's important, and make sure that your children are also educated um, about their sexual health and well-being. And you cannot stop, I can tell you, if a child is motivated to be sexually active, there's probably little that you can do to stop them except to educate your children. That's the key. So, you know, there is a saying that ignorance is bliss and, um, you know, we can't promote that because um, it's it's a false sense of security that you're, you're establishing with your kids. Uh, so thank you, Charlene, for telling us a little bit more about that specific program. What sort of treatment options, um, Dr. Pooja, so someone comes to you and they've tested positive for HPV and they say, okay, I want to be treated, what do you say to them? So it depends on if you're doing a pap smear, like I said, it's a two-part pap smear. If you have the pap, which is normal and the HPV, which is abnormal or vice versa, where you have the pap, which is abnormal and the HPV test comes back to be normal, you just come back in a year's time to repeat the test. The problem only arises if you have both parts uh, abnormal. So the pap is abnormal and the HPV is abnormal. That's where we would go in to do the next step. That's a colposcopy. Now, pap smear is a, a screening test, which means it has a very low threshold for abnormal results, which means if they say even as even if they see a single cell that looks abnormal, they're going to label it as an abnormal pap smear because they'd rather overdiagnose than underdiagnose. The colposcopy is a diagnostic test. So it is still a test. It's not a treatment. So from so uh, the example I like to give my patients is say you have 100 women who've come in to do this, uh, the pap screening, of which around 60 to 70 will get picked up and flagged as abnormal on that screening test. From there, they, all of these 60 then go on to do um, uh, the, the colposcopy and that number drastically comes down to around 20. So which means the 40 were false positives or they had something which wasn't that severe or serious at that point of time. Amongst those 20 now, there will be only five who will need some form of treatment to get rid of a precancerous lesion. You know, uh, 15 of those women would have had some kind of abnormality even on the colposcopy, but it wouldn't be serious enough for us to be doing uh, anything. Those five women that need the treatment, the treatment would be different. So there was there is something known as cryotherapy, where we would actually freeze burn those cells and kill those abnormal cells. They are for low-grade abnormalities. Um, and then you have something known as the LEAP, or the LETS, that's large loop electro uh, surgical cauterization or removal of the transformation zone, as we call it, wherein we literally take out a chunk of the cervix, which contains those cells, uh, which means we have kind of removed that uh, disease or problem area and thus eliminated the chances of that woman, a woman uh, ever developing, not ever, uh, developing cervical cancer from this bout of um, HPV or abnormal pap uh, results that she had. And as opposed to uh, this was the pap or the cancer aspect of it. And if you come down to the genital warts, mm -hmm. um, it depends on the location and the number of the warts. If it's like one tiny wart, which is on the skin part of it, mm -hmm. there are medications that we can give you, which you can apply 
for eight weeks um they are like those uh, the the medications that you would get for warts to fall off mm-hmm. but they're not the over the counter ones they are this is really potent almost it's it's almost like a chemotherapy drug but i don't want to scare anyone to say that it is chemotherapy it's one of those lesion um medications if they are local application creams which you would apply for a specific amount of times for a specific number of days in the week and for specific uh, months if it doesn't work with that or if you have multiple warts we would resort to um, an um, a surgical excision which is an electrosurgical excision where we just cauterize lesions it's very similar to what dermatologists do in their clinic if you would have a mole or a wart so we would just burn and cut that lesion off and uh, hope and pray that you don't get it again. Mm. Hmm. Okay. All right folks, so some very very um useful information here. Um I've got a gentleman, I think he's in his 40s. He says he's going to come in and uh, get the HPV. Um he needs to make an appointment and he's going to come in and get it. Um so yes. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Lots of people very very interested in this conversation. Let's see. Um, this person says, Sandy, a study sometime last year in the UK reported that cervical cancer dropped by 90%, if I recall correctly, because of the vaccine. So do we have any indications that this vac- vaccine is that effective? Yes. So the numbers I gave you are absolutely true. Remember the 95 and the 99.9? Yeah. they are very very effective in preventing cervical cancer but i want to put out another statement saying that just because you've been vaccinated against hpv does not mean that you do not come in for your pap screenings and your hpv testing because there is still that 5% risk that you are at for developing cervical cancer and we do not want to miss even a single person um you know whether they're vaccinated or not from be getting diagnosed early and treated early all right, very good. All right, folks, 9362626 as we start to wrap things up here now with our guests. If you have any questions, this is your opportunity to um, ask those questions. I notice I'm getting a lot of questions um, via um, WhatsApp and um, online, you know, private messaging. But, you know, don't feel shy. These are all things that we have to deal with. It's a very, very prevalent type of um, sexually transmitted infection. And so most of us will have it at some point in our lives. Um, so if you have a question, now is your opportunity to ask. So Shamari, just remind our listeners of how they can contact. Um, I think Dr. Pooja's schedule is going to be pretty full here, but um, how can they contact the uh, City Cayman Islands to make an appointment to get the vaccine? So th- we need to have a full program on it, but we have the Connect app, mm-hmm. which you can you can go on iTunes, download it. It's on the U.S. iTunes um, store as well. And mm-hmm. you can actually make your appointments online. You go through Connect, you find Dr. Pooja, you make your appointment in real time, and it's a real appointment that's confirmed, and you'll be able to go in and see her. Um, but outside of that, you can always call us at 640-4040 or email us at info at healthcity.ky in order to get through to Dr. Pooja. And prior to us leaving, Sandy, just to say, mm-hmm. <clears throat> April is our anniversary uh, month, as you know, mm-hmm. and every time during April, we are making our executive health checks available for 500 US dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people within their insurance that fits well, right well within their wellness benefits, that you'll be able to come use your wellness benefits, not to have to really pay anything out of pocket. And mm-hmm. you'll be able to see a slew of our physicians as well as go through all of the testing needed to make sure that 
no ailments or to at least get that roadmap, know your numbers so that you can take the best care of yourself. Absolutely. And I did mine last year. Should I be doing my wellness check on an annual basis, Shamari? Because I think so that, that would depend on what your results actually um, stated. So, okay. you know, you can you can always if you want me to check for you, I can. Yes. Um, I think the only thing I'm really watching is, of course, my annual yeah. um, checks with Dr. Pooja for sure. And then um, yeah. my A1C numbers, which I've been doing every three yes. months and working to try. So if you give me permission, I will check to see if you need to yes. come in this year or if you can um, wait yeah. another year and then I'll, I'll give you that information. Yeah. As well. And that's the great thing about some of these test folks. Um, I remember from my results and you guys might have recalled that I shared this with you is that some of the results, um, if you got a clean bill of health, you don't have to repeat that test for another 10 years. So they right. will tell you that during the analysis and the workaround um, of your, you know, when they go through all of your test results and stuff. So yeah, some things I know I'm good for, for a while. And there are other areas obviously, which I need to um, make some improvements in. Working working slowly and getting there. Um, Shamari, we're gonna do it, right? So, Definitely. Um, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll get there. Um, it's, it's definitely an, a, a struggle to um, maintain all of our numbers where they should be, but folks, your health, there's nothing more valuable in this world than having your health. Let's just be honest. You can have a gazillion dollars in the bank. And if you don't have good health, and if you're not, you know, um, physically and mentally and emotionally uh, well, none of that really matters. None of these material things will matter. Um, so make sure that you take care of you, you take care of yourself. And even those of us who do, you know, community work, um, Ms. Charlene will know this, of course, you're trying to do things to benefit other people please ensure that you're also looking after yourself and you're um, making that a priority. So Marshall has a comment and says, some parents shouldn't be worried about children taking the vaccine and being promiscuous. They're promiscuous now without taking the vaccine. <laughs> so very, very good point, uh, Marshall. Again, a vaccine and sex education does not promote promiscuity, folks. It is actually quite the opposite. So educate yourselves and educate your children. Um, Melissa says, uh, good morning, Sandy. I've seen changes in my menstrual cycle two times for the month after taking the vaccine. So, um, which vaccine, Melissa, are we referring to specifically? That would be helpful. You said, you just said the vaccine, if we could be more um, cognizant of that. But let, let's talk about this. I know this is a little bit off topic here, Dr. Pooja, but I actually asked you this question when I came in. I said, you know, one of the things, and we now know, for example, that the COVID-19 vaccine did have an impact on women's um, menstrual cycle, but a woman's menstrual cycle can be impacted by very little and minute things, stress, like so many things. So it's not unusual and heard of that a vaccine or medication could impact your cycle as well. And then you actually explained to me, and perhaps you can explain to our listeners that there is a cycle of your cycle, like it changes over yeah. time. Yeah. So um, like you rightly said, uh, Sandy, it takes very little for our period cycles to be affected. It's one of just those things where you just, you know, give it a little shove and it's going to do its own thing. So any kind of stress on your system, whether, whether it's physical stress, mental stress, uh, is going to affect your period cycle. But the good thing is it's a temporary affection of the cycle. So same with the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, almost 95% of the women who've taken, I want to say not even 95, 99% of the women who've taken the COVID vaccine will come and say that I had period abnormalities after the vaccine, after every dose of the vaccine for a good four to six months, after which it regularized. So we all know that any kind of vaccine is putting a big stress on your system. 
because of which we are seeing these changes but the good thing is it's only short lived and it comes back uh to routine um you know within a few months time now the second part was uh the cyclical changes so what happens every i want to say 5 to 7 to 10 years is your body goes through subtle changes um which you may or may not notice now the most common things to happen uh or the most noticeable of those changes would be changes in your cycles so somebody who had say i i i bleed for 5 days um and on the 6th day it's all gone it then suddenly changes to i bleed for 4 days now and then i have nothing on the 5th day and then i have some amount of spotting to like a light bleed on the 6th day or the 7th day so it's a very subtle change it's not something which is a cause of concern but it is something which is going to be your new normal from then it's because your body will have these um almost like a quick reset and this is this is the one of those ways that it shows itself because as women are very vigilant with our most of us women are very vigilant with the characteristics and nature of our cycle so if anything goes amiss or changes we're the first ones to pick it up and sometimes it ends up being a cause for concern we're like hey this was not what was happening and now this is changing so it's very reassuring to know that these things are pretty normal as long as it's not you know uh, i'm bleeding out like a tap or i'm not seeing my periods for months on end or i'm just having spotting instead of a regular period mm-hmm. i think you're fine if you know you have these minor or subtle changes mm-hmm. all right very good so um hopefully malicia that is a uh, useful information but of course if you have any concern if it's a change that you know you find is alarming or you're concerned about it that's when you definitely want to pick up the phone and contact uh, dr pooja and she'll be able to um you know look more at what's going on with you specifically yeah all right wonderful yeah, yeah. all right folks any other questions or comments give you guys one last moment here um Okay, I think that's probably it. So thank you um to Dr. Pooja, Shamari, thank you, Ms. Sherlene, thank you. We did have one comment on WhatsApp. Let me just um read this one for you. And this is interesting because this young lady actually received one of the um the executive checks that was given away here in the program and she has taken advantage of that and she is a healthcare professional so i remember when she said she was going she's like mm i know exactly what i'm going to be looking for and here's her comment this morning she says i met her a few days um before my birthday for my health check and i absolutely love her all in caps <laughs> the whole staff at HCCI are wonderful and nurse Shalini was fantastic too i'm a convert to HCCI and this is a um healthcare professional folks telling you guys that she has now um converted so um there you go beautiful, beautiful. thank you shamari thank you all right dr pooja thank you so much thank you for all of the love sandy we will see you next time and then we've got miss shamari thank you for all the amazing work you do at the cayman island thank Camp. you thank you for having us all right folks so that is um uh your Tuesday rundown segment here with um Health City we appreciate them coming on every single week Founded in 2014 by Dr. Devi Shetty, Healthcare Explorers is the award-winning education arm of Health City Cayman Islands, which has provided education opportunities to over 6,000 students. 
Healthcare Explorers has been a phenomenal addition to our uh, science program here at Sir Johnny Cumber Primary School. Students have really been engaged in the fact that they have opportunities to one, go to Health City to see what the medical field looks like. But it's a very real life opportunity where students get to see what impact science has in the day-to-day -day life of human beings on a whole. So we've used the field trip day where they get to go to Health City. Um, they are introduced to doctors, they're introduced to nurses, um, people within labs. We're also using the online resource with the YouTube uh, videos. Uh, that's a huge hit, especially in lower key stage two. about the healthcare explorers. Also, I liked when they was rotating the heart. We learned more than what our teacher would tell us in class, which was really fun. For our science department, uh, and, and Mr. Godfrey's been you know, instrumental at linking up Mr. Bush at, at Health City and making sure that we've got great opportunities for our students. Okay, so most recently there's a, a series of videos which really bring science and especially science linked to, to the body and, and, and the medical profession really to life for our students in class. And we've probably exposed about between five and 600 students in year 9, 10, 11 to those videos in class and then they have opportunities to access themselves out of school as well, which is great. Well, I was about 14, 15 when I first came in with John Gray for Healthcare Explorers and after that, I came, about a year later, I came in for Shadow of the Doctor, and another two years after that, I came in for the surf program, and now I'm working here in Health City. It helped me understand uh, the medical field a bit more. I shadowed Dr. Savid in neurology, and I saw a lot of the surgeries that he did, um, a whole range of surgeries. Um, spinal surgeries, brain surgeries, almost anything you can think of. It was an amazing experience. Working as a marketing intern at Health City has shaped my opinions and how I would like to be in the future. For example, I didn't know what marketing was about. Oh, surf was amazing because I did um, so well on my paper, I was able to go to India the following summer. And when I was applying for my bachelor's, that was actually a very important process for me I was able to talk about that in my interviews and that experience I can proudly say that no one else that was in my cohort had that experience so for me when I went to university that really put me above the others and that allowed me to stand out and through SURF I did a lot of research which in my bachelor's which is in public health research is very important and I already had like that great foundation through SURF so that really allowed me to excel in those classes as well. My next step is uh, becoming a nurse I'm currently going to enroll into UCCI in their nursing program. Health City is amazing to help you learn. The doctors, the nurses, the physical therapists, everyone is so willing to teach you. And it's something I really, really like about coming here. I'm studying the um, level one, the level one into HVAC technician course at UCCI. After this first course, I'd like to further my education to do the level two and then the level three. I started as a trainee. I came in without any qualifications for this, so I didn't know anything. I then learned 
and um, now I did online courses here in the hospital. The plan is to go away off island this year to sit an exam and once I come back I'm qualified as an actual CSSD technician I could work anywhere around in the world. I became an apprentice to the NWDA which is now called WORK. I spoke to my mentor there, Ms. Priscilla. She assisted and helped me fill the documents and so forth. I started out my apprenticeship here at Health City as a medical secretary. And then I found out about you know, the international department and I grew interest in you know, joining the international department team. Healthcare Explorers continues to grow from strength to strength. Innovation is the core of our success. For two consecutive years, we have exceeded the totals of our first four years. From 2018 to 2020, we have encountered 338% the number of students we did from 2014 to 2017. This is just the beginning and the best is yet to come. Thank you very much. Good morning, folks. Um, lots of young people going through that program and benefiting from it. I hope that you will explore if your young um, person is interested. And, in, you know, there's so many things in the healthcare profession. They don't have to be a, a nurse or a doctor. There's, um, you know, the, the technicians who make sure all the systems that run hospitals are working. They're IT experts. They're marketing. There's um, HR. There's a lot of things that you can do in businesses uh, such as hospitals, folks, and the medical profession. So explore those options with your young people. Let me also remind you of um, the upcoming opportunity for your young people who might be interested in the music industry to take advantage of um, another fantastic opportunity. It's Music and Network. It's a collaboration between Ironshore Studios and uh, Dane Ramoon. Please check this out. Let me just see if I can grab the flyer here for you guys and put this on the screen. Uh, industry, uh, music industry experts are going to be talking to your young people here, folks. It's uh, April the 28th. They have people arriving. Uh, this, this is the big event, but they actually have people arriving from Wednesday. And then there's something happening on Thursday and Friday. And they're also going into schools and they're going to be talking to your young people. So if you'd like to find out more about the music and network event, um, again, brought to you by Iron Shore Studios in collaboration with Dean Ramoon. Please contact 922-8000. Uh, even if they want to attend the panel discussion on um, Friday evening, it is free for them to do so, but you've got to RSVP because there is limited space. It's going to be held at the Marriott Beach Resort starting at 6.30 until 9. This is something healthy for young people to go and check out. They've got everybody from Dallas Martin to Edith Bowe. Um, Stan Green and others who are going to speak be speaking to our young folks about music management, um, you know, what else they can do in music other than sing. They don't have to sing um, or have a vocal talent at all to be successful in the music industry. There's many, many more things that are available for them to do. So check it out, folks. Give them a call. 922-8000 is the telephone number. So um, congratulations to all of those um, you know, young people who are putting on initiatives like this for others. Um, so Ms. Morna says, none for me, vaccine, respect to those who did and the same for those who didn't. 
Uh, speaking of that, we still have people dying from COVID, just FYI, in case you guys think that that isn't the case. We had a death in the past month um, that was COVID related. So, you know, you take your chances in life, Miss Morna, and you certainly pick and choose um, what you what you want to do in terms of decisions relating to your health. I encourage people to get vaccinated for everything, not just COVID-19, but we have had millions of lives saved over the past 50 years due to the medical advances of vaccines alone. And um, there's so many amazing vaccines out there that everything from, you know, um, my gosh, wh where does the list of vaccines begin? It's, it's, it's just amazing. Um, there's the um, polio vaccine. There's a whole slew of vaccines that will save your lives. And folks, if we have an opportunity to eradicate a cancer, um, such as cervical cancer, believe me, you get vaccinated. Men and women, because obviously it's one thing if only 50% of the population, the females get vaccinated, they're the ones who are impacted directly because of cervical cancer, but men are obviously transmitting it as well. Um, so, you know, and it's not just cervical cancer, it's can other types of cancers, anal cancers and so on um, that you can be impacted by. So go out there, educate yourselves about these vaccines. Don't take this blanket approach that all vaccines are problematic and you're not going to get vaccinated educate yourselves and you will see the the millions of lives like i said um that have been saved by vaccines generally speaking it's been a game changer in the world of um, medical science uh, here's a report from december of 2022 that said that the covid 19 vaccine saved some three million lives in america and that was according to a study um, that was done. But you know what is so sad is that more people could have been saved if in the early days people actually were not so adverse to vaccines. It took a lot for some people to, to get on board. And that was really sad because countless lives were actually lost as a result of that. Um, you know, it is what it is. So this study, which was published in December, found that um, because of the vaccine, the nation this is U.S., um, had 1.5 times, uh, without the COVID vaccine, sorry, the nation would have had 1.5 times more infection, 3.8 times more hospitalization, and 4.1 times more deaths than it did between October 2020 and November 2022. So COVID-19 at that point had caused 99.2 million cases, more than 1.08 million deaths in the U.S., and, uh, you know, people still dying by the thousands um, each week and thousands more infected on a weekly basis as well. So the fight to educate uh, yourselves continues. Um, COVID has been a game changer, I think, in so many different ways. It's just unbelievable um, the way that this vaccine, not the vaccine, the way the virus actually treats the human body. Um, it's just, it's, it's shocking what it does. Even people who might not have died from it having to live with um, long haul COVID and so on. So the Economist also did an article that said um, COVID-19 vaccines saved an estimated 20 million lives during the first year alone, and that's worldwide. And so I can, you know, give you guys some of these links to go and read this information for yourself. Um, lots of research out there, folks. 
All right, so we're still getting some um, information in terms of uh, the accident this morning. So I do have a bit more information that I'm gonna be sharing with you all. And um, it's um, a, a sad situation, but we now know that this person um, is a Cayman and it looks like from all accounts that I have received that has uh, was involved in this accident today. Hmm. You know, I always tell you guys this, it's, it's one of those things where as soon as you, um, this is Cayman. And so there's certain, I hate to say universal truth, but there really are. And so if, if uh, the person is a Caymanian, normally within an hour or so, we know exactly who they are. We will hear, and uh, unfortunately, I already have a name and everything. I'm not going to divulge who the person is because there could be family members who don't yet know um, who this individual is, but we, um, we want to extend our condolences to the family uh, this morning that undoubtedly um, will be having a very difficult time. Mm. So we've also received um, additional footage on the accident. Um, we know that the truck, I'm going to show you guys what the truck looks like. Cause some people are like, oh, well, the police didn't say it was, uh, they said a cyclist and there is a difference. I think just colloquial terminology, what people considered a cyclist and a motorcyclist or motorbike. And so the police said cyclist. And so I even had a member of my team saying, is it, is it a cyclist or, um, like someone on a bicycle or a motorbike like CMR had reported. And I said, well, unfortunately, um, the police sometimes get things wrong in their police reports. Um, they only report, you know, what they hear. So even sometimes people message us like, oh, the age of that person's wrong. Well, that's because we get that kind of information typically from the RCIPS. So if they have gotten it wrong, then um, there are times when we get it wrong. And there are times when we have information before the RCIPS puts out their information. And so we knew uh, that it was a motorbike and um, not a cyclist, as in a bicycle, um, immediately. So motorcyclist, yes. So I don't know if their um, PR person just calls everybody a cyclist. Uh, most of us would say motorbike, rider, motorcycle. Um, so this is the truck. It's one of these little Isuzu, um, what do they call these little trucks? Uh, that was involved. So as you can see, this truck um, obviously has some severe left side damage, including the windshield and the front light and bumper and stuff as well. Um, we obviously don't have any details as yet in terms of who is to blame for this. It looks like one was on Walker's Road and the other one is probably coming out of the side road and they somehow managed to collide very, very unfortunate situation. And of course, um, I want to, you know, really just um, encourage anyone that uh, might be able to um, add any additional information to the RCAPS. Like if you saw the accident, you were in the area around 630 this morning, um, you know, by all means, please contact the RCAPS to provide them with any assistance. Hopefully there are also cameras in the vicinity 
that will prove to be um, prove to be useful. So 6.20 a.m. is the rough time of when the accident happened. A motor, motor vehicle collision between a motorcyclist and that truck that you see there. So it looks like someone was coming out of Memorial and someone was probably just on the main road when they collided. Um, take your time, folks, at that early in the morning. You know, I don't know why anybody would have been rushing or anything of the sort if that played a factor. I don't really know. But please just take your time on the roadway and ensure that, um, you know, you're just, uh, you're looking out for both yourself and other people on the road. Mm, 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 so sad. And, you know, we have so many people that are reckless with um, accidents and reckless with driving on the roadway. I want to point out a lady here who we got some footage on Saturday about this lady and her shenanigans. And since then, um, we have heard so many shocking stories about this woman and her poor uh, driving. Let me show you guys what she looks like because somebody, I think, hopefully from the RCIPS, can make contact with her. And based on the number of complaints that people have in the comment section, this is a real concern. And, um, you know, we... <laughs> We're asking her to try to be more cautious, but it seems like she's a very inconsiderate uh, road user from all accounts. So perhaps the RCAPS can contact her and um, encourage her because some of what she's doing is actually illegal. Um, so yeah, so here we go. Let me show you guys this video because she was spotted on Saturday. She goes around evidently to different homes and takes, you know, property and whatever and picks up cooking. And uh, there she is folks, um, unsafe. The coconuts are not really secured. She's using a vehicle that the trunk is not even able to close properly with all the coconuts. Uh, I did notice at least that she has her hazard lights on. I guess there's something to be said for that. Um, she is flashing with her hazards, but the number of comments that we got about this woman and her poor driving, there's even stuff on top of the vehicle. Looks like, I don't even know how she's managed to put, oh, I see there's a ladder up there. And then on top of the ladder is even more coconuts. This woman is ridiculous. And I don't know who she is. I understand she's a Caymanian, but she is an absolute ridiculous driver I'm going to just read for you guys um, some of the comments from her driving. And you tell me whether or not this woman sounds like a safe driver. She sounds like she should not be on the road any at all. So let me tell you what happened on Saturday when she was um, out and about doing this. She actually dropped some of her coconuts. Shocker, right? Not surprised. She dropped some of her coconuts. And then um, she proceeded to start getting aggressive with other drivers on the roadway. Imagine that, cursing them and carrying on like a lunatic. I was like, what the hell? Mm hmm. Listen, these people, you know, they, they shouldn't be there. I mean, seriously, what on earth? She should not be in a roadway causing this kind of havoc. Saturday morning, people had to be swerving off the road in order to um, avoid hitting her. And then she has the audacity to curse people out and to get ignorant with people. I'm like, Lord have mercy. Mm -mm -mm. 
these people just not easy. Uh, really? Really, woman? Um, so I'm just trying to scroll down to find the comments because the comments were people were like, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Her again? Oh, she's jackass of the day. She's always doing this sort of thing. We had 171 comments um, about who this woman is. And I can tell you, um, none of them are positive. So this person says, um, well, some people said, oh, she's trying to make a living as though that excuse, listen, dry dealers are trying to make a living too. <laughs> Let me be very honest, okay? Everybody's on a hustle trying to make money. Does that mean that you do things that are illegal, unlawful, dangerous to other people? No. You know? But I mean, I'm, I'm shocked uh, that people take this approach, that this behavior, this type of endangerment of people on a public roadway is acceptable because she's trying to make a living. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't get it. You can make a, first of all, two, two things here. You can make a um, living stealing coconuts from people. There is the stealing part that, you know, that's, a, that's more of a um, criminal activity and potential trespassing and some other things. Okay. You can make a living stealing from other people, I suppose. And I guess we now live in a society, this is going to segue really nicely into my primary question today. Are we becoming a, um, a, a dependent state, hand-me-out state, want everything for free, um, socialist mentality where nobody wants to work in life for what you have because you think that someone is always going to be there to give you what you want or what you need in life, right? That mentality is so wrong on so many different levels. But it seems like it is something that is happening. It also seems that um, we're becoming a welfare state because our politicians are trying to make us a welfare state so that we can become reliant on them. And everything that you need in life, you know, you got to go beg a politician for. So that's how they're going to keep you poor, ignorant, and continually keeping them in office. Um, even Ms. Carnett Burke said, I'm telling you that this cannot happen in Jamaica without a fine. If you sit in the back of a pickup truck, you can't sit in the edges. You have to sit low. If police catch you, they lock you up and charge you. So I don't know where people always put down Jamaica. I think some people are saying, was this in Jamaica? This is not Jamaica. This is Cayman. This is Cayman. And somebody says she's a born Caymanian. So people who know who she is know who she is. And she is very, very rude by all accounts. Um, you know, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Safety concerns damaged other people's property, uh, you know, coconuts falling off of the road. And some people say that she's always cursing them out and carrying on. This person, Tina, says the car constantly stalls because of the weight. And when traffic gets frustrated, she curses and uses obscene language as a defense. You know, Rick says, yep, she did it to me already. So how is this woman, this is where, again, traffic division of the RCIPS needs to get a hold of her. Um, how is this woman allowed to do this? Nobody is trying to prevent her from making a living. But if you're going to make a living, you try to do it in an honest way. So Ms. Debbie Broderick says, I know it is an honest living. Well, not really, because she's still cooking at some people, but whatever. Let's leave that aside for a minute. 
It's not an honest living. But she says, but the driver needs a truck. OMG, please tell me this is not Cayman. If it is, then we definitely have become a third world country. Uh, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this other person, Gavin, says, seen the same guy, it's actually a woman, nearly run someone off the road trying to take over. Uh, he's an accident waiting to happen. So let's clarify that it's a woman um, that is driving this aggressively and driving like a lunatic and completely out of hand. Good morning, Carla. Welcome to the program. Um, the the car that the car that I'm not talking about is a red car, right? Yes, ma'am. That's Desiree. She needs that. She's sickening, terrible. She come down. She hollered me up and forth a couple of weeks ago about um. If she could get some of my coconuts, and I said I don't have a coconut tree, mm -hmm. and she said yes, yes is your coconut. I said well I have a coconut tree to be honest with you in my yard, but it's not bearing yet. Mm -hmm. I said I think you're talking about my mother-in-law coconut tree. She said well it's in your boundary. I said well two of my mother-in-law coconut trees are like it looked like in my boundary because since the fence, the hurricane had race had broke down the fence, mm -hmm. then I put the fence back. Now the other morning, she frightened the hell out of me. When I going out to my back door, I hear her hollering out my name, but um, see the coconut tree there? And when she paints, it's her uncle coconut tree that next to me. <laughs> and I said to her, that's your uncle, but she bees, she is on coke, and she mm -hmm. is terrible. And she say to me, uh, oh, that, that's uncle so-and-so, and I call no name, so-and-so mm -hmm. tree. I say, yes. I say, and if you want those coconuts, mm -hmm. you ask him. I mm -hmm. said, because I don't speak to him, me and him hard running because people comes in the yard right here and mm -hmm. pick the coconut because you close and he want to have a barbed wire fence, which it wasn't fence wrong mm -hmm. the other day, but he fenced it wrong. And she said, oh, well, I, and then I sent my husband because she won't only steal coconut. She'll steal anything she finds because she's a thief, I can tell you. Mm -mm. Because when Al Saku were married to my sister-in-law, she came out and had one day and she stole his wallet. And when they catch her, she was under the coconut tree, honking the money. Mm -mm. So I'm telling you facts. She is terrible. And mm -hmm. she, I don't even think that old vehicle is licensed. And she sleeps between the premier phantom <laughs> and, and Tills Park. Mm -hmm. She's terrible. And she do have a dirty mouth in whatever mm -hmm. for her her. Her stepfather farmed to me, and, he, and then I know her uncle the one around then because he told the Jamaica lady that along with him years ago that she come around as scholar. And, you know, she still come back. And I, I, as I judge in, God forgive me, but she still come back and stole that bunch of coconuts because mm -hmm. they're gone. Mm -hmm. and, I, and then what she did, she popped because I find the, the two um, staples from the barbed wire mm -hmm. down in my yard because what caused me to go there, one of the small coconuts were over in my yard and I picked them up and threw them back in his yard because he has not called police on me but my breadfruit leaves blowing in his yard and I told her, ask him because I don't want her to cuss him again because I don't speak to him because he hate me. Mm -hmm. And and she still come back, must be and stole those coconuts because they are gone. That's the biggest bunch that whatever the rest is still young. And I find the two staples down in my property, and I put them up on the top, and then I discover that because he got these big old PUC poles with the barbed wire um, running it, and she must have been 
pop them off with something. And it pops from two parts because you can pull that's the top piece. You got three strands of barbed wire and you could pull the top piece down and step over. Mm-hmm. I'll be enough to coconut drop. And that's why I'm almost sure about her. And I, all I did was just, just put the barbed wire back up on the thing. So she's terrible and she will cuss you and she not. And, and she looked like somebody, like a tyrant, like somebody will jump on you and eat you. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. And she goes off because she used to be with, riding a bicycle first with a stick, mm-hmm. like wild in them. Now she has this old red car in the trunk, and we seen it that day. And, and when we were coming out at the office out there, um, the guy said to me, she underneath that tree snorting cocaine, you know. He said, look, mm-hmm. she, she leaned down. So that's why she's so aggressive. Mm-hmm. All right, my dear. Leave us there. Yes, leave us there. Yeah. All right, yes, my dear. Ma'am. Thanks very much. We do have another caller yes, in the line. Good morning, caller. And by the way, um, Miss Darlene, I neglected to wish you a happy birthday yesterday. So let me take the opportunity now to wish you a happy belated birthday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, somebody said they couldn't hear you. Hold on one second, Miss Darlene. Let me make sure. Um, I'm not I'm not sure why she can't be heard. I think sometimes I have to um I have to change up when the person calls through WhatsApp. And she Miss Miss Darlene's overseas, so she tends to call via uh, Miss Darlene, repeat it again. I think some people did not hear you. Yes, yeah, so just just repeat your congratulations to Brad, and let's make sure that everybody can hear that. Okay, sorry about that. I was saying that um, I, I yes, um, I wanted to publicly um, congratulate uh, Bradley. Brad, we know him as Brad mm-hmm. Ebanks, mm-hmm. um, that has now been promoted to I think chief inspector or superintendent. Mm-hmm. And the Royal Cayman Islands Police Force. Beautiful. So big shout out to Brad from Thank way you over so here. Much. <laughs> yes. Okay. Take care. All right, my dear. So again, there he is, uh, Brad Ebanks, uh, Superintendent Brad Ebanks, promoted to Chief Superintendent in the RCIPS. And um, this, folks, is is uh, good news. There are some Caymanians who are being promoted within the RCIPS, and we're going to see even more because uh, my understanding is the next police commissioner designate will be a Caymanian. So uh, Mr. Derek Burns is going to be wrapping up probably late this year, early next year. And um, Caymanians are going to get a chance. So we have high hopes and high expectations for all of them. And here's Mr. Brad, who uh, who has been with the force for a very, very long time. And um, yep, he's got a promotion. He's been served the RCAPS for the past 36 years, where it says here that he's gained a full uh, appreciation and understanding of the complexities and challenges of the multiple competing service demands faced by the RCAPS. So get, congratulations, uh, Mr. Brad, and we wish you uh, certainly all the best successes because your success is going to be our safety and success. Um, so in the meantime, yes, um, 
we're hoping that we can get some help with getting this woman off the road. This other person says, if it's the same woman, I saw what looked like someone falling asleep at the wheel. Lord Jesus, help me. Swerving into the shoulder, I passed her to be safe and she was about to call and I was about to call the police, but she pulled into Ocean Club. My Lord. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, Debbie goes on to say, definitely cannot see anything from the rear view mirror and probably, oops, oh gosh, I just missed that one. Oh gosh, let me scroll back down. But anyway, she's obstructing her own view. She's obstructing the view of other people on the roadway. And then on top of that, she has the nerve. And when I say nerve, I'm going to say it like a Cayman in. She got the freaking nerves to then talk about um, she won't cuss other people on the roadway. She must be crazy. She needs to be taken off the roadway. That vehicle in no way, shape, or form, the way that we see it driving in this video, can be said to be roadworthy. I, uh, you know, this is an accident waiting to happen. Here we have another accident this morning, most likely because of careless driving in the part of the truck. Yeah. And so at what point do we say enough is enough? Prevention is better than cure. We're talking about this morning because we're hoping that she will actually stop. So Ms. Debbie said um, she can't even see her side mirrors to which I see one, but cannot see if there's another one to the right. Lord, take the wheel. Huh. He, needs to, he needs to take more than the wheel. He needs to take this whole car to the dump. Um, another person says she needs to be more cautious. Somebody, James, says thinking they should invest in a pickup truck. Uh, you know, if she can't, um, listen, if she wants to do this business and she can't afford a pickup truck, which is probably very likely, don't pack it up this much. Fit what can fit inside the car and the trunk that you can close it. This is just nuts to me. I don't even understand this. Somebody says, welcome, welcome to Jam Rock. Oh, now I don't see nothing like this driving in Jamaica. I'm not saying that they don't do it because God knows they probably have some of the world's worst drivers. But I've not seen in the times that I've gone there, I've not seen this kind of madness going on. So, you know, Caymanians, not got no sense either. Stanley says, well, what's the great commissioner police doing about these risky accident roads? I see cargo improperly tied down on most trucks. Uh, is the Cayman Islands Islands of Fools? <laughs> Well, I mean, the, the commissioner can't stop people from being foolish. Uh, Jiggy says, kiss my teeth, try help her. She a hustle about JA of the day. If she's begging, she'd be bum JA of the day. Goes to whoever videoing it, shame. Uh, really? Uh, let's talk about this. All right. Why is it that everybody wants somebody else to solve their problems and, 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 you know, other people to do everything for you? You know what got me to thinking about this yesterday as a show topic? Received a message from Chris Saunders. Um, the Legislative Assembly starts back in session tomorrow. Now, I know, I know this is a political ploy. Um, I know that Chris all of a sudden is bringing all these motions, which he couldn't bring before when he was in government. I'm just saying. Let's pick, let's pick sense and Saunders from, from nonsense. Okay. When you were in there as a minister, you know, you promised a lot going into office, but we sure didn't see much going on. Now, this is why some of y'all probably shouldn't be ministers because <laughs> you're sure are full of ideas when you're not in the, in the, um, in a ministerial position. 
It's not super interesting. Mm -hmm. So he sent out this message yesterday afternoon. I'm going to show you guys what the message says, where he is promoting um, a number of different initiatives and he's bringing all these motions now because, you know, he not got nothing else to do. So he's going to make sure to keep the government extremely busy with motions that may or may not make any sense um, for the people that came to islands. So let's talk about it. Because one of the things that I find is interesting is, again, this is perpetrating this idea of, oh, we're going to give you everything in life. You don't have to ever worry about anything. And um, it's free, free healthcare, free this, free that. And I want to remind each and every one of you, there's no such thing as a free meal. Aunt Lottie always told me that, honey, Chad. She said, nothing in life is free. We lived in the big United States of America, which has a lot of social programs. And my aunt would say to me, the second you step out on that sidewalk, they're not free either. She said, anything you do in this country, there's a cost. You may not see it as a direct cost, but believe me, you, you are paying for it as a taxpayer and as a citizen of this country. So let's look at his various motions and what he is recommending. And let's talk about who's going to pay for it and um, how much sense does it actually make? Let me see now. So he's got a first motion. One second. Okay, so this is this is what he sent out, folks, um, yesterday via WhatsApp. A number of you were hot on the heels of um, of circulating this, and um, I had people ask me, Sandy, where's the money coming from? Did he mention any of that? No, because money just falls out of the sky, and it grows on trees. Here we go. Uh, dear friends and family, he says, happy Monday. I hope this message finds you and your loved ones well. On Wednesday, April the 26th, Parliament will resume with the government presenting their strategic policy statement, spending priorities for the next three years, covering the period of the 1st of January, 2024 to the 31st of January, 2020, or December, my apologies, 2026. Against this backdrop, I have filed three private members' motions, maximum allowed amount, for the government to consider. Like I said, all of a sudden you can start um, pretending to work, honey child. Yeah, that's good. Good, good for you. Where, where's my little applause button? Yes. Thank you for trying to earn your keep. Mm -hmm. First motion, ask the government to consider free basic healthcare services for children by the 1st of, December, 1st of September, 2024. Seniors above the age of 70 by July the 1st, 2024, and seniors above the age of 68. Okay, honey chow, do tell me, how are we going to pay for this? First, I need to hear, first thing, before we even get to that, what is the, um, the case for it? Show me the numbers of people 70, 68, and over, and children who are not currently covered by any insurance options. Now, when you say children, by September of 2024, what children are we talking about? You know how many children are in this country? So if I'm a lawyer and I have a good job, you're gonna be offering free healthcare to my child? You gotta be kidding me. It doesn't say Caymanian children. It doesn't say Caymanian seniors. It just says children, seniors um, over 70, and then a year later, seniors over 68. I'm a little bit concerned here about this welfare state that we're trying to create. So the business case for this, 
And I always ask this question, folks, what is the business case for this? Why? Why do we need it? Can somebody tell me what percentage of individuals are not able to get coverage? Because let's be very, very clear. If you're an indigent person, you don't have a job, you don't have access to free care, you have options through NAU where you can actually get medical coverage. So who exactly is this going to benefit? I'm lost because there are already options that have been in place for a very, very long time about who can actually benefit from this type of care. So what, what, there's 5% of people out there that are not getting cynical coverage that you think now we need to offer it for everyone? Because there's, there's, no, there's no catch here. There's no you know, requirements that I can see being proposed here. Just anybody over the age of 68? Mm, any child? Uh-uh. No, y'all need to, y'all need to help me out now. H- help it, help me, help me make it, make it, make it sense. Have it make sense. What am I missing? How does this work exactly? You see, there is a saying about you, t- you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. You teach him for how to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. As Caymanians, we have apparently lost our sense of national pride. We have lost our sense of uh, we're going to work hard for the things that we want and need in life. And we are becoming, in part, because of some of these politicians, a welfare state where everything we want, yes, they're going to be giving to us on a silver platter. Well, I hate to break y'all bubble, but somebody has to pay for it. It doesn't just come for free. Hmm. And who's going to pay for it? Or who do you think? Who who do you think? Show of hands. 936-2626. Let's see who's paying attention in class today. Um, Folks, who's going to pay for this? The government, the, go- the government is going to pay for it. And who's the government? Where does the government get money from? Who's, who's being taxed by the government? Licensing fees, registration fees, duty. That's me and you folks. Take a look in the mirror. What was the point of having mandatory insurance? What's the point of having retirement plan options if all we're going to do is turn around and say, oh, yeah, let's make it a free-for-all. He doesn't stop there. His second motion deals with the establishment of a Fair Employment Commission. Well, I thought we had something similar to that already. He does clarify that this initiative started in the previous administration and was the brainchild of former Premier Alden McLaughlin. The commission is necessary to ensure that Caymanians are given every fair opportunity to progress in the workplace and maximize their potential earnings. But I'm confused um, about this, but I'd like to hear more information because I think on the face of it, this now has some merits, but I've never heard anything about this Fair Employment Commission before. Alden must not have done a very good job of promoting it, but can we get more details on this? 
And what is it that WORC now does that there'd be no crossover? Because again, a commission is going to be more money spent by government to set up and have people who are going to be paid to operate this commission and supposedly do a job. Isn't somebody already tasked with doing that job? Now, whether or not they're doing it effectively or not is a different question. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Sandra. How are you? Not bad, dear. How are you? Just insurance, right? Um, I think what they really need to sit down and do is do a review on hold because you cannot be increasing insurance on a yearly manner and expecting people to find this when your salary is not increasing. Maybe what government needs to sit down is sit down and look at something like a Medicap, right? Which provides coverage. You do it based on a group like low income, middle class income and high income. Because when these insurance companies put this across, they increase it for everyone. They don't look at your salary. They don't care about your salary because they're making a profit, right? And not everybody is in the same income gap. So you can actually split an insurance in three sections, low, in low income, middle income, and high income. <clears throat> and then when it comes to the children and um, pregnant women, elderly people, Again, people with disability, again, you should also have a Medicap that expands to cover those adults under certain income level as well. There's ways for, for you to work this, this insurance, this health insurance on a whole, but obviously no one is caring about it because it's just an upfront robber. I'm not so sure I'm really following what you're saying this morning. So you want insurance companies. I think not insurance companies because they don't give two shits. Okay. Uh -huh. The government. The government must do what put now? Their foot down uh -huh. and monitor it. Just like they monitor everything else. If you as a Caymanian go in the bank, put $1 more, they question why that dollar is going in. Away. So you want insurance, right? you want the government. So what the government needs to sit down and do, uh -huh. right? They hold these conference for everything else sit down and do one for the insurance explain to the people mm -hmm. the insurance gaps and policies they can do it in three sections not everybody's making one million dollars mm -hmm. they can do low income people insurance middle class income people insurance and high class, if you want to put it that but way. doesn't that already okay. exist with the different insurance I programs that you can that. get I highly yeah, doubt but in the, in the law, there's the shit policy. The basic policy is $172. What does that cover? Nothing. Because when you're staff, and uh -huh. that's $172 with the $12 you got paid government, because there, obviously there's no tax, but there is a tax. Because of course, I'm telling you, nothing is free. Tax, nothing okay? is free. So when you go to the hospital, mm -hmm. you still have to pay your 20%. Sometimes your 20% is even more than 172 you're paying monthly. Mm -hmm. So I don't see how a low-class person or somebody that make not low-class, low-income, mm -hmm. meaning to the minimum wage, then go to the, every month, get this $172 deducted, which is the basic package from a shit mm -hmm. company here that doesn't do anything for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you go to the hospital, your bill is nine hundred dollars, but yet you gotta come up with two hundred dollars. It makes no sense. It makes no so, sense. So, so you it's either you abolish the insurance completely and make people find a way of paying the full amount at the hospital. Well, you can but see you where you can see where that sense. doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't make any sense at all, right? Mm -hmm. But why should I have to take a hundred cents dollars out of my money every month and then when I go to the hospital, I still gotta find another two hundred dollars. Well, that, that's how but that's sense. how insurance works all over the world. But it doesn't make any sense because no one is benefiting okay. from it. The let me let me, let me ask you a question then. 
Let me when ask you. you. Get the basic, wait, when you get the basic package, you can't go and do an MRI. You can't go and do a CT scan. You can't do certain things. So what's the purpose of having it? Okay, let me ask you a question. If there was an option to have free insurance like they do in Canada, but you're going to pay 60% income tax, would you prefer that option? You cannot do that. You can't compare Cayman to Canada. No, 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 no. But we have to have established, you're saying change the insurance mechanism. We, you have to have, listen, you have to have established ways of doing this. You can't just be like, oh, we're going to enforce insurance companies to do something that nowhere else in the world is going to be done. But here in Cayman, we're going to do it because we're unique and special. Insurance companies will pull them. out of this it's jurisdiction and go somewhere else. Them. It's making them do it according to your salary gap. But that's, if you make someone do something by law, that is still mandatory. Yeah, but they, sorry, they make us do everything else that we don't want to do, right? Everything on this island, you're forced to do. When are you going to be free to do what you want to do? Well, you can't, in, no you can't in a democracy. No I, there's a lot Listen, of us that don't want handouts and hands and nothing. You can't government. do what you but want to do. But, but caller, let me be very, very clear. And I think this is a good point that you brought up and I want to answer it. You can't do what you want to do when you have to live with other people. There's always a give and take and there's always compromises. And there are always things that you have to have in place, rules and regulations for a society to work. You can't do what you want to do. That's life. I don't know who, I don't know who been lying to. Because you got people inside the government themselves getting food vouchers getting vouchers for many, many stuff. Many I mean, listen, abuses, abuses of the system is one thing and people who's will... At fault? Who's at fault? Some supervisor has to sign off on these vouchers. I've always said, you need for corruption to be clean on a whole on this island, you need to get rid of some of them top bosses because the most corrupted is upstairs there, okay? When you have an old elderly woman walking in <clears throat> um, cynical crying her eyes out for insurance. Mm -hmm. You don't think that's a crying shame on you? Of, of course, of course it is. And it shouldn't, and it shouldn't be the case. And you know what? The people who are taking advantage of the system and who are being allowed to take advantage of the system, those are the people who should be addressed. But it doesn't mean that the system is broken entirely and needs to be scrapped and we need to start over for plans that don't really make any sense. But leave me there with those thoughts. We have other callers who are calling into the program. And then we're going to look at the Schick plan, because I'm not saying that the Schick plan is the end all and be all. But um, I want to compare to what you get in other jurisdictions so we can see how bad do we really have it here in the Cayman Islands. Uh, give me one second, caller. We're going to put another caller on hold while we get to you. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Hello, Sanders. Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, Dexter here. Uh, interesting subject this morning about insurance. Everybody's an expert in, in insurance and they talk about oh, in Canada, the insurance is great. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. I've, I've been to Canada. The longest I've been there is, is two months. Mm -hmm. But I had my wife, brother-in-law, who was had uh, to have a, a hip replaced. She was put on hold for a year and a half. And then he went um, to, uh, ready to go. He couldn't go on no vacation. Mm -hmm. And then because the doctor that was assigned to him, every patient has a doctor assigned to them. Mm -hmm. And when he went 
to get his uh, or was about to go. They called him, and the doctor is it has an, another assignment, an emergency. He was put off about three or four for about I think it was like almost three years. Mm-hmm. So people think that Canada is God's gift to the rest of the world. They are wrong about mm-hmm. insurance. Now, if you can go in, if you have the money that you can pay the insurance, yes, you can get the best treatment in the world. Mm-hmm. But this socialized medicine does not work. Mm-hmm. Socialized, like not just medicine, but you know this concept that you can just give people all sorts of handouts and nobody's going to pay for it. People need a reality check about who is actually paying for it. The more you allow government to meddle in your lives and meddle in businesses and try to tell businesses how to run and how to operate, the more of a shit show you're going to have. Trust me. Government can't get their own business right. Why do we want them meddling in, in the affairs of other people more than they already do? And, and Sunday, I, I know a, a young guy who left, he was hell-bent going to England because he got a British passport. And mm-hmm. he thought, oh, I'm going to England and I'm going to get free medical, mm-hmm. free housing, allowance, um, excursion to, to uh, keep me going. And after six months, all of that was cut off. Mm-hmm. I, yes. And, and I, I once know. again, it ain't I, free. Somebody's paying for it. And it's normally by way of taxes. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have a British passport and I have no intention of getting one because when England gets enough people with all the British passports, do they think that they can stop England from putting taxes on, on, on them? Mm-hmm. They can't. Mm-hmm. And I have no... no are you still there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm not, I have no. I have no intention of getting a British passport or a, in or, or um, a Canadian passport. People got to understand that they think it's a land a, a of bread and honey, mm-hmm. but when you go there, things in Canada, um, like like groceries and stuff, you pay up to fifteen percent. You pay, uh, I think it's 8% provincial tax and then 9% federal tax. So you're not getting anything. <laughs> you know, I wish that people would, ha- would change their perception mm-hmm. or have a different mindset of what Canada has to offer. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Thank you, my dear. I appreciate it. Keep up being the voice for the for the people that don't have a voice. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Okay, okay bye. All right, next call on the line. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Yes. Good morning. Um, I I agree with the previous caller. Um, I have a Cayman passport, and I don't have any intentions to get a British one either. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I live as close to the UK as I currently do is because the, UK, the Cayman Islands is not farther away from the UK. Mm-hmm. What I want to emphasize is that what the previous caller was essentially saying, to be wrapped up in something that most Caymanians can understand if they just stop and think about it for a second. Mm-hmm. When you go fishing, mm-hmm. you take bait, you put it on a hook, you throw it overboard and it works. 
the reason why it works is because people are focusing on the free food and not mm. the hook buried mm. in the free food. Okay? Mm. That's what's wrong with many Cayman. Mm. And what he is saying about about the the healthcare system in Canada mm-hmm. is not is is also true in other places that practice that type type of socialized medicine. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you a little history uh, about Health City today. I went to the press conference many years ago when Dr. Shetty held a press conference to lay out why he wanted to build health city in the Cayman Islands. In fact, what he said was that the ideal place to put um, a hospital was on a cruise ship just off the coast of Florida. Since that wasn't really practical, Cayman was the more ideal location. Mm-hmm. And the reason he said that is because um, oh, oh, the the uh, oh, the what is it called the Affordable Care Act in the U in the U.S. Mm-hmm. was coming in, and they were essentially trying to bring into America the same type of socialized medicine that they practice in Canada and other places. And he figures that the things that your previous caller was talking about is the delays to getting medical care because of how the system works. Uh, there would be people who would have enough money because healthcare, uh, because Health City was planning on having providing healthcare at a, an affordable rate that people would rather come to Cayman, mm-hmm. get medical treatment instead of waiting two or three years for the socialized system mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. around to treating them. Okay. Yeah. I sat, I sat in the front row and I listened to every word that Dr. Shetty said. Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to say to you is that mm-hmm. communism and socialism mm-hmm. in the past has never worked. Mm-hmm. Never. The unfortunate situation that we find ourselves in today is because we have spineless politicians and spineless citizens mm-hmm. who will not ensure that the right things be done in our society, we allow the capitalist system that we have to run amok. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and now the cowards amongst our society are trying to find an option to replace what we now have. There are just, there are just tweaks that we need to do to our system. We yes. don't need to replace it. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's, that, that's, Foolishness. That is like believing that when you see a nice piece of fresh bunny that drop overboard, mm-hmm. that you're just going to rush and swallow it, and there are no consequences. Mm-hmm. Okay? The hook is buried deep in that piece of bonita. Okay? Mm-hmm. It might look juicy red, but trust me, it's not what you want. And, and I'm going to say something else to you, Sandy. When this government was implementing the digital ID, you were all gung-ho for it. Mm-hmm. There, I can, there are uses for a digital ID. But the problem that we have with it, like so many things in Cayman, mm-hmm. 
is that there, no, there are no restraints on the power. And that's the problem. Well, I, I will have to respectfully disagree with you. There's a lot of restraints. I, I know, I know. <laughs> There's I a know, lot of restraints on there. There, there. there are no restraints. There's lots of they restraints. Can, they can but but Denny, everything, let, let me say this, they everything in life. And do whatever they want to say. And, and here's why this is important. Because in order to give people things for free and to be able to measure and track what you've given people, you need a mechanism by which an administrative tool by which you can accomplish that. And the digital ID is one piece of it. Now, that does not mean that the concept of a digital ID is somehow useless. It's not. Yeah, I understand why they want it. I understand how it can be beneficial. I also understand how it can be abusive. And it's the lack of constraints on the possible abuses that makes it problematic. But let me say this. What I heard the lady caller before your last caller saying to me is that she wants to be free. Hmm. Well, okay. I, I, I want to challenge your listeners mm -hmm. to think about the logic of what I'm about to say. In life, you have one of the two options. You can do anything you feel like doing and suffer the consequences. Or you can decide what you want the outcome to be and discipline yourself in order to do the things that are necessary to achieve that desired outcome. But you cannot stand on both sides of that fence. Mm -hmm. It's not possible. Yep. And, and so what, what, what the caller was essentially saying is, I want to be able to go to the hospital mm -hmm. as much as I want to and get the kind of care that I need and I'd want to be able to afford it. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. The way I treat insurance is as if it's my money that I'm spending. And, and I say to myself, do I need to go to the hospital? Mm -hmm. And I don't go if I don't need to. Okay? Because I don't want to because I know that what's going to happen is if you make, if you, if you just do that, the insurance companies are going to say, well, this is costing us much more than we expected, so we're going to have to raise the rate. Or there's another way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is you could say, well, I'm not going to smoke cigarettes. I'm not going to drink alcohol. I'm not going to eat garbage food. Uh, constantly. You know, one little treat here or there, but generally speaking, eat well, get enough rest, uh, drink enough water, exercise, keep yourself in good health so that you reduce how many times you go to the hospital. Now, I know that most people don't think that way. Most mm. people just, they just want to do whatever they want to do. They don't care that the alcohol is destroying their liver. Mm -hmm. They just don't care. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that kind of thinking is that you're free to do it if you want to. But what you're not free to do is to avoid the consequences yes. of taking that position. Mm -hmm. 
Now, there are plenty of people who do not want to hear what you just heard me say. Mm-hmm. And you talk about free lunches. Mm-hmm. No this such is, thing. This is what, this is what, no, there is such a thing as a free lunch. <laughs> what, what, what people do not realize is that the free lunch only comes once every four years. <laughs> and that the election cycle has already started. Yes. And, and so, yeah, you might get a free lunch. But if you think you're going to be fed a free lunch every day, you're sadly mistaken. All right. These, these are things that are uh, given to society as a bribe. Hmm. Okay. And I do not believe that we as a, uh, uh, as a uh, country should sit down and allow ourselves to be wrapped up in a socialist system mm-hmm. in which every single aspect of our lives are controlled by politicians. That is not where you want to be. That might not make me popular among certain people, but guess what? I don't care about that. What I care about is I care about having freedom, but I want to use that freedom responsibly. I, I want to be able to do things that make sense and things that will benefit us uh, 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 in appreciation of having that freedom, not be reckless with it. And we, each one of us in society have a choice. We can either be irresponsible we can ignore reality mm. or we can be responsible. All right. Leave me there. And I implore, I implore society not to take us in the direction of a socialist country. It will not work. Mm-hmm. It has always failed mm-hmm. and it will continue to fail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Leave me there, Danny. Thanks very much. 936-BOBO is the telephone number. 936-2626. Um, who is looking for a free meal? How many of y'all think that you can get anything in life for free? I was raised to believe that nothing in life comes for free. Let's look at this insurance situation for just a quick second. Um, this is but one area that people believe that freeness is going to help them. The Schick program, which is a standard health insurance contract plan, um, offers you a million dollar maximum life benefit, 100000 per calendar year, um, $100,000 for uh, inpatient services. That's maximum per medical incident. You have coinsurance, 20% up to the first 5,000. Deductible, it says none. Out of pocket, $1,000 maximum, um, after which Seneca will pay all inpatient and ambulatory benefits up to the maximum. Benefit and covered conditions. So then it goes into a little bit more detail. Let me just say this. As insurance policies go around the world, this is not the worst. Um, It is a basic one. Obviously, you can get more. It's not the worst and um, it may not be the best, but it's not that bad. Where do you all think that you're going to be able to go and get insurance and, oh, I'm not going to pay a copay. I'm not going to have any deductibles. Where, where in the world does that happen? The countries like the UK and Canada that offer you 100% free insurance and you have to wait six months to a year to see someone for emergency surgery. Are y'all aware of people that are dying in the UK because they can't get in to see um, to see a physician? Is that really what we think is better than what we have right now? I, I'm not really, I'm not understanding it. 
I'm lost at what y'all think is going to be the solution and what is going to work. Free is not free. Free often means that you're going to compromise on other things, including quality. So in the UK, you have, and again, those of you who live in the UK, Miss Darlene, I'd love for you to call in and give your feedback on this because you live there. I don't live there. I've never even visited. So this is just from research. You can apply. You have two options for insurance coverage, a UK global health insurance card, a UK European health insurance card. Um, that's if you have rights. Um, I think that's EHIC is what that one's called. Uh, that's the European health insurance card, which, by the way, they're going to still offer that once the UK is no longer part of the European Union. Probably not. They'll lose that benefit, too. All right. So what do you get for free? Anybody living in the UK that can join in on the conversation and tell us about the wonderful medical care that you get? So it says here that you can use your card to access medically necessary state-provided health care when you're visiting an EU country. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Yes, mi yes, Miss Sandra. Good morning. Yes, sir. This is Rico. This Hi. is Rico. Yes, Rico. Eliano, Eliano Olfada, born in 1958. I heard your comment, and I, I love the way you talk, but certain things you say, Sandra, mm -hmm. about England, Please don't leave people in Cayman in the darkness. Because Francois Givali tried to do that to us. And no, everybody is, is criticizing Haiti when Haiti was part of the Antilles. Free means free. Free means when you get something good, you don't pay for it. Okay? I live in London mm -hmm. and I know what I'm talking about. In London and Cayman Island, it's two different type of living. Right now, yeah, but do you believe mother, anywhere in the world anything is free? Do you really believe that? Everything, yes, Miss Sandra. In English, is free. In in in, in Spanish, is in French, is gratis. Gratis means you don't pay for it. Okay, no, but you're paying for it in other ways. Is my point? No, you don't. No, you don't. When the devil, when the devil give you free, he take your soul. When God give you free, he save you, Sandra. Well, and God, I'm not God going to might call be the again, only person who's going to give you anything for free. No man is going to give you anything, including insurance, for free. Miss Sandra, Miss Sandra, Miss Sandra, mm -hmm. I'm a Haitian born, yes. and I come to Cayman Island when thing was good. Yes. I could have fifty dollars in my pocket. Me and my wife, we eat, but no, I have three hundred. Me can yum, please. Free means free, and it's spelled F I E E. And if you want to put S in it, that would be good. <laughs> One thing I would like you to do: stop mm -hmm. talking about London and say London is done in that. Right now, paradise is in London, nowhere else. Okay. But I have been in Canada. I have family in Canada. I have family in America. I run left America 15 years ago because of one incident about my children. I grew up in Missouri. I come to Cayman and know what it's like. Life is when I get it in Cayman Island for free. From 1982, I get life in Cayman for free. But no, I cannot live here. I have to live in London. If you don't believe me, I would like to see you one by one on one. No quarreling. No, nothing. I will show you what free means. Mm -hmm. Come with your husband. Come with your husband to 62nd Oak Mill Street. Please, I'm begging you. Come, to, please. Don't leave the Cayman Island people in the dark. Do, do stop talking about London. Is this no, London is paradise? If you want to see that, 
Follow me on the 15. Follow me on the 15. You and your husband. Lord Jesus. All right. Thank you, sir. Listen, listen, Mr. Uh -huh. Follow me to London on the 15. You and your husband. And uh, I will show listen, you. Well, we have family living in London. I can tell you it ain't no paradise. But leave us Excuse there. Me. That's your opinion. You're entitled no, to listen. it. Let's hear, let's hear from someone who actually lives in London. She's calling right now. Mr. Sandra, no. Yes, sir. No. You need to come with me. Food is on me. Buy your ticket. You and your husband, and I'm going to show you. Free means gratis. Gratis means you don't pay for it, okay? In right. any country you are, ma'am, last word. In any country you live, you're not paying for medical and education, and you have God Almighty with you, you're damn lucky. Mm -hmm. All right, leave, All me, right. leave me there, me my dear. Some, follow leave. me to Santo Domingo. Follow me to Santo Domingo and Haiti and, you, uh, and England. And ma'am, you, okay. Leave, I tell leave, you me, leave me there. Leave me I there. Tell you I tell you I give you $500 today. Come, no. let me show you what you're doing. No. And I will spell it for you, okay? Trust, trust, trust you. me, not, not even that is free. But thank you. Thank you very much, my dear. Yeah. All right, folks. He says there is free stuff in this world. And apparently, you can get free stuff in London. And London is um, the holy grail um, of, I mean, I, I know you mentioned Canada. What did he say, Canada? He said Haiti. I think it's in Canada and London where you get stuff for free. But my God, look at Haiti. I mean, are we really going to say that that's paradise too? Caller, good morning and welcome to the program. Yes, honey, this is me again. Um, that gentleman, yeah, he said he lives in London. I don't live in London. Mm -hmm. I've been here nearly five years now. And to be honest with you, if I had to live in London, I would be not there. Um, just for different reasons. I live up north and... I'm going to tell you the honest truth. I left Cayman because the medical was not good for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that we don't have good, um, good medical um, home. Because when I do visit, I go and I, I get the service. But for me, it was not what I felt. And I'm glad that I came here to the UK. Mm -hmm. The UK right now is under some pressure, but with the NHS. Doesn't mean it doesn't have good doctors. The NHS is guarded by trust. Where I live in Leeds, they have a good trust, meaning the strikes and all of that kind of nonsense don't really have because it's like each trust have you know different managers or whatever. Um, so I can only speak for myself. I mm -hmm. can only say that since I've been here, um, yeah, things are not um, like home. Mm -hmm. But I found that my treatment is much, much better. That's number one for me. Number two, because of my situation, as you most people know, I am a disabled person. I am highly disabled with being a double amputee. I found life very hard being home as a disabled person. When I got here, I realized that I could live a normal life. I had everything in place for me to live the life that I eventually wanted to live. I, I can't, I mean, for instance, um, the way that disabled is, is um, treated home, simple blue badge, um, spots and stuff. I wasn't into fighting for all of that. And I can only speak for when I come up here. Health service for me again is good. It's excellent. I get good service, mm -hmm. doctors on, on point. And, um, I'm up for a transplant and hopefully um, it will work. Mm -hmm. So that's my two cents there. 
All right. Thank you very much. I was actually trying to think of, um, we can make a cold call today. I'm not so sure she might actually be at work. What time is it in the UK? 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. She might still be at work. But this is a, a lady who works in the um, social services area. And she can tell you, London in the UK is no paradise. I don't know where y'all think y'all live in. There's no paradise anywhere in the world. And she has the real reality of people trying to apply for services and feed their kids who can't even do that. Y'all need a wake up call. Let me see if she's, let me see if she can take a call this morning because y'all need, I've been trying to get an interview with her, but she's so busy trying to help the underprivileged in the UK survive. Y'all talking about paradise, y'all must be crazy. Mm-mm. Ooh, honey child, I need to expedite that conversation with her. But um, I, I don't know what y'all talking about. We wouldn't have so many people here from all over the world if everywhere else was paradise. I'm just saying. Mm-mm. She ain't answering. Uh, let's see if we can call Auntie on the phone this morning. Um, call another person in the UK. Good morning. Hi, Sandra. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Well, first of all, let me tell you straight up, you're live on my radio show um, because you're one of the few people that we've got living in the UK right now. We just had someone said, you're you're living in London, right? I do. Yeah. Someone said London is paradise. You've lived there for how many years? (laughs) 37. 37 years. Is London paradise? Not really, but... Um, Not really. Depends on what, what part they call it. What they're calling paradise. Well, I mean, I don't know. Everybody might have a different mm-hmm. definition of paradise, but you said not really. Um, what? Are, t- tell me the top things you love about London and then why you say it's not paradise, the things you don't love about it. I, okay. Um, it's um, it's all cluttered town, town area. Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, the crime rate is very high. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, um, basically, um, we can get every different nation that lives there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it's a t- it's um. What should I say? Not a ma- and we have very much of Jamaicans where I do live. Mm-hmm. Um, and the market, it's um, Brixton Market, but London itself, mm-hmm. uh, or should I, the, you, t- you catch me at an at a, um, angle there, huh? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. London, it, it's, it's, it's a nice place to live. Uh-huh. Minus the high crime, the crowdedness, and all those other things. Yeah. Huh? Uh huh. Um, let, let me ask you a quick question. Medical care. Now, I know that you, in particular, um, have some medical issues. Uh-huh. You're a little bit older. Um, do you think that the medical no. care is excellent? I mean, you get it for free. So how no. long? No, it's we not. Get, we get it for free. We get it for free. Uh-huh. But it's very hard to. Um, since the COVID, mm-hmm. it's very hard to get to to um to medical. Yes. So if you if you need surgery, what's what's the average waiting time? I know you. I think you were doing a surgery. Was it last wow. year? 
very very long time mm. six months a year very long time right it's worse since the COVID. yeah the, the waiting the waiting time is very, uh, quite a long time mm. yeah mm -hmm. and um we we have doctors that goes on strike regular mm -hmm. nurses on strike teachers on strike everybody um, for us to get to a um, general practice, mm -hmm. it's like four weeks mm -hmm. for a waiting time. Just to go for an and, appointment. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, just, just to see a GP. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, for, you get to, uh, for you to get through to, to, to get an appointment, you have to go through to the receptionist who makes the decision um, when when you can read. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's uh, and I mean, we, it's we hear these we hear these horror stories about people being turned away and said, oh no, you know, you don't need this surgery or you'll have to wait, and then that wait is detrimental to your health. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. We do. Mm. You know. And they, they could give you a date and 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 then uh, when the time is coming up near to the time, mm -hmm. um, you just get a postpone and it's been postponed. Mm. Yeah. Right. And then put out for a time. And if you miss your appointment, mm -hmm. it takes you about six months to get to back to to make get back onto the scheme um, mm -hmm. to for the appointment. Mm. Um, you know, um, I mean, we know that the COVID was in and things like that. Cayman Island, what's this? Are you have carnival over in the Cayman Island at the moment? Yes, of course. Um, okay. <laughs> no, we're just watching the news. I was showing some carnival thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, London is not only in London, mm -hmm. but it's the entire UK. Are there people teachers. there that have, um, I know you have this universal health care, but there, are there people there that then ought to have private insurance? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yeah. And yes, how, how expensive is private insurance expensive? I am not sure. Yeah. I really don't. Mm-hmm. All right, my dear. Well, thank you. That was useful. Yeah. So how, how are you and the family? I'm good, but we're, we're on air, so I'll call you offline to talk about the family okay. stuff later on. Yeah. Okay, then. <laughs> All right, my dear. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. All right, so that's another perspective, and she does have, she lives in London, and she does actually have um, a chronic um uh, a chronic illness. Um, one second, Miss Darlene, I need to get you back up on the screen. So she does have a chronic, she requires a lot of, of medical health, uh, medical help. Yes. Um, she's got a back injury that has been probably like 20 years ago. Um, so yes, Miss Darlene, welcome back. Yeah, Sandra, I, I just listening to the lady. Yeah, she, she and, has a disability as well yeah, she, in terms in of London her health. Again. Right again, mm -hmm. London is not a, a London is London. Just mm -hmm. put it that way. 
I, I don't go London unless I have to go to London and that's coming home or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can, like I said, I can only speak to myself. For, I'll give you another example. I have a GP. I don't have to call my GP. My GP, I just today mm-hmm. went to my GP, five minutes away from my house. Mm-hmm. My GP calls me. My GP sends me text. If I call and ask for um appointment, it is the same week, usually a Tuesday or Thursday. Mm-hmm. So again, every area, every trust is different. Of course, London is going to be different mm-hmm. because it's a huge, um, it's a huge place, and it, you know. But mm-hmm. up this area, to be honest with you, I have a mate that is um, in hospital, the main hospital now. He had um, diagnosed, and just before I came back with um, bowel cancer. He went in two weeks ago, they prepped him, get him ready, gone in two weeks ago. There's no delays hardly in this area unless it's a specialty or whatever. Transplants are going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, nobody can put you aside for a transplant. If your match come up, you're gone in. So I can only, like I can say, you know, I can only speak for Leeds area, mm-hmm. West Yorkshire, because I guess it's less populated mm-hmm. and they have very good trust up here so like everywhere else it's going to be longer times and whatever yes it's mm-hmm. true mm-hmm. um but, but i mean want- this this general concept though um miss olive says people can say what they want what they want about jamaica but at least district clinics are free most hospitals are free to appoint and i go to the hospital here because my blood pressure went up and i was there for about six to six to seven hours i was told to go uh, my bill was a whopping six hundred dollars if you go to the district clinic there to check your blood pressure, you have to pay, but um, it's their country. So they don't, they do what they want. I'm not really sure I understand that last bit, but, but even in Jamaica, we hear of, of women losing their babies at an alarming rate um, and c- complaints about the hospital, the, the public hospital in Kingston, people dying that shouldn't have died. I mean, I'm not so sure Olive that Jamaica yeah. is the country that we want to say has great medical care just because it's free. I think there are compromises to be made. And uh, anybody who works in the medical field, I got a doctor right now. She might be, um, she comes back and forth between Jamaica and here. We can see about calling her. But, um, you know, she also, um, you know, had had issues with, you know, trying to explain some of the inadequate care that people get in hospitals in Jamaica. So there's no such yeah, thing as a perfect system. Exactly. And then you have to remember the pop, the size of Cayman compare, we can probably do better because we are smaller mm-hmm. and everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the type of disease and, and conditions that you see up here, I've never seen and heard in my life. So we have to be thankful for things like that. We might have a cancer or whatever, but there's all sorts of disease, the, um, um, we call it um, dis, uh, disabilities. And all mm-hmm. of that is on the system. So we have to be thankful that we don't have to go through all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and that that's a plus for us. Right. You know, and what, what do people pay? Out. What do people pay their um caller in the in the UK? So um okay, what, what sort have, of taxes do you pay? Friend, I have a friend that is um his own or last that his um, insurance, and, and, and let me tell you now, here in the UK, they think everything is expensive, to be honest, because 
a lot of people, dentists and all of that, they find that very expensive, which I don't personally find expensive because is that included I, in your um that's included yes yes if you do but I, I go private for instance i go private for my i have private insurance for my dental and um so he was telling me for him and his two sons two kids under 18 he pays 309 pounds mm -hmm. a month and that's bupa so that's not bad 309 pounds although it's to them now it's it's a lot but but 309 pounds is that like the basic plan or is that uh no that's that's comprehensive they call okay. it comprehensive and mm -hmm. the buffer plan and um and and for my dental i pay 67 67 dollars every six months mm -hmm. 67 pounds every six months and i go to the dentist maybe three times because you know being diabetic and so so i mean th mm. that that's affordable and that's that's so comprehensive as well so if you need a root yeah, canal a, a implants uh, all that no stuff. no if you do no if you do that's oh um hygiene and um so that's just basic cleanings about, and preventative yeah, cleaning yes every three months whatever mm -hmm. um so i mean th that's that's how i look at it so mm -hmm. it is available there's people a lot of people that have um it but again like what danny was saying you have to come um, take care of your insurance because here it's such a practice. It's different for us because we paid insurance. Once I'm accustomed to mm -hmm. be very mindful. People here go to the doctors, NHS, mm -hmm. for paracetamols. Now that is something that you could pick up at the at the pharmacy or the pound store. Mm -hmm. So things like that back home too. If we if we are conscious of it. We don't need to run to the doctor. We can diagnose things like you may be having a headache. Yeah, you take a pill. But if you mm -hmm. people back home use insurance, like it's your debit card. Mm -hmm. That's how I saw. Well, do, do you think doctor, that maybe the opposite is happening in the UK, Darlene, where people are self-diagnosing when they should be getting a medical professional? You know, you have a headache and you don't realize that your blood pressure is high and you're about to have a stroke. You just take a tablet. Next thing you know, you're dead. Do you think some of that might be no, happening? I mean... No, I, I honestly, I don't, I, I don't mean it in that way. Oh, I okay. Mean, okay, you go out now and, for instance, I, I had somebody just tell me that they went and sit down for two and a half hours because they were using this um thing on their hand to clean, mm -hmm. and a little rash came up. If they knew they had insurance, they would not go to that hospital for that. Just basically go and get something from the pharmacy and say, but. It's it's how we uh, how we portray things. I'm coming from a background where I'm used to uh, of having insurance. Mm -hmm. So even I think so. If I don't know for sure what's happening, then mm -hmm. my GP is there. Give them a call. They're always ready and available. So maybe we got a little luck up luck out. Um, you know, better mm -hmm. luck than in people in London. But people in London is stuck in London. They don't want to come north for whatever reason. So mm -hmm. that's where they go through all of that. You know. Mm -hmm. uh, waiting long hours and months and years and all of that to do things so mm -hmm. yeah but it difference all right all right okay, thank you appreciate it all right so this concept folks of um stuff being free in life i think is an interesting one still trying to um to grapple with that part of the conversation we've looked at healthcare uh, potentially being free um someone shared this and then i want to read some of your comments as well Natasha, um, thank you for your contribution. She says this used to be free until it was abused. Mm -hmm. 
And trust me, that's what happens when you begin people stuff for free. And then they want everything for free before you know it. Uh, she goes on to say, when government mandated health insurance, this led to many abuses by individuals and the medical field. I was um, with Colin Luke before health insurance became a thing, as it was free once you were a student. General health, eyes and dental. However, you had expats bringing in their kids on summer break for free medical care. And almost every expat from a particular country suddenly needed extensive, extensive dental work. Really? What country was that, honey chair? Um, Ms. Hornsby, Ms. Aline says, Jamaica has great doctors and nurses, but most of them are cold and uncaring. But then how are they great? <laughs> I'm not sure I understand. Doctors and nurses shouldn't be cold and uncaring. That does not make them great. Uh, Ms. Uh, Vernita says corruption is there in the UK too, but they attend to their children about school and the medical for their elders and sick people they attend to. Uh, okay. I can tell you all some real cases where in the UK, they're not attending to children either. Hmm. Um, Mo says, only your breath is free. Honey child, that's not even free. Free clinics in Jamaica are not really free. Taxpayers have a lot to do with it. This is what I'm saying. There is no such thing as a free clinic. You don't pay for it in an obvious way, but you're paying for it through taxation. This is what somebody said about the basic, the five basic elements of life. They say, no, nothing is truly free in life. There's always a cost to the things you get for free. I'll put that in brackets. Water is not free. It's being sold in plastic bottles. Shoot, we have to try and keep the waters clean, but then we desalinate. There's a process to get access to water. That's why so many places in the world don't even have access to clean water. That's actually a luxury of the rich countries such as ours. It's not free. Air is also not free. It consists of poisonous elements, which is the result of exhaust from factories. We're paying our health as the cost of air. Land is not free. Everybody knows the value of land. It's one of the costliest things. The sky is also not free. You need to pay in order to fly in the sky. This is kind of funny. Fire is also not free. You need something to burn, be it wood, fuel, or liberals. <laughs> directly or indirectly, we're paying for the cost of the five basic elements of life. My point is this, there is an associated cost everywhere in the world. Nothing is free. So any politician who comes to you talking about day and give you something for free, you better look at them very, very cautiously and say, where is the real cost? Where in the budget is it coming from? Who is actually going to pay for it? We're all paying for it. Okay, he also wants um, to go back to Mr. Saunders' positions here. His third motion is an increase um, for pay for civil servants. Let me mention this as well. This is something worth um, talking about, right? Government is the largest employer in the Cayman Islands. They employ over 4,000 individuals. All of those people and their family members get free medical care. Free medical care for the vast majority of people in this country is already happening if you consider that. I'm gonna find out, is France Madison around the place this morning? I'm curious to know how many people um, are covered, let me put this question, under the Cynico plan via government health care, like um, government CIG. So in other words, mommy works for government, mommy got five children, all of us are going to get um, free medical care plus the husband. 
a lot of people are already getting, put it in brackets, free. And it ain't free because we are carrying the cost and the burden of paying for the civil service. Marshall says she means Jamaica has great doctors, but they're mean as hell. Well, that still doesn't make them great. Um, she says that she means that they know their stuff, but they have no heart. Okay. Um, Michelle, good morning. She says, I remember when medical used to be free for students when I went to high school. I think they can go back to that with stipulations and put it exclusively for Caymanian students. By the way, John Gray High School, when we did the tour the other day, has a whole dental area. And they're having people come in there and do dental checkups and do all that stuff. That's free. <laughs> well, like I said, free in brackets. It's at no cost to those students um, and their parents directly. What more do people want? How much freeness do we want in the world? When you, when you believe that you're getting everything for free, you don't have the motivation to get up off your behind and get to work. Natasha says a lot of healthcare issues can be dealt with by the pharmacist. However, many people here, ever since health insurance became mandatory, have the attitude that they, uh, because they're paying for health insurance, they should go see a doctor instead of to the pharmacist. People, pharmacists are trained uh, in the issue of medicine and can assist with simple over-the-counter meds. Well, let me tell you something. I'm not one of those people who love to see a doctor because I know some of y'all love to live up in the doctor's office and you want a surgery just because you can get it and all kind of stuff. Oh, no, honey, child, that I mean. Even my poor feet hurting every single day and I'm supposed to be going to physiotherapy more often and even that I'm not doing like I should be doing because I, I don't want to see no doctors and no therapists. But, you know, sometimes when it gets really, really chronic, like right now I'm having a chronic issue with my right Achilles heel, I have to go. I'm going to try to go today. But I don't like to live up no doctor's office. And to Denny's point, we could all do a much better job of um, taking care of our own health. The little things matter. A little bit of exercise every day. And you don't have to be you know, doing a hit routine, running up and down the court and dropping down uh, on the squash court. You could do chair yoga. Um, you can just sit down and do a couple leg lifts. There's so many simple things that you can do. Arm rotations every single morning. Help with the flabbiness on their arms, getting the low heart pumping a little bit, cardiovascular movement. Listen, you can. You don't need a gym membership. You don't need weights. You can use the weight of your body to, to act as a weight. Uh, there's so much we could do. Stop your drinking. Stop your smoking. Stop excessive fornicating with all the wrong people. There are things that we can do, go out and get some fresh air, go for a walk. You know, there's a lot that we can do to help ourselves to be healthier. Um, but, you know, it, it's so interesting to me. Let me say this. I think it was, um, who mentioned it earlier about they're paying health insurance every month and they never use it. Let me tell you the situation. The day that you need it, you are going to be happy that you have it. Because when you see how quickly you can run up a million dollar bill for health insurance, right? I am a relatively healthy person. I had one pregnancy and that one child had to stay in the NICU for a month. That bill was over $30,000. Without insurance, these are the events that will bankrupt you. So when you pay your $100 a month, or even if you're paying more than that, and you're complaining about, oh, well, I never use it, the day you need it, you'll be thankful that you have it. And you'll be thankful for the coverage 
that is actually being offered to you by way of um, that insurance plan. That's all I'm saying. Yes, you feel like, oh, I've been paying for years, but you sit down and do the math. And you know, here's the other thing. This is a thing that people often um, miss the, the boat. All of us pay the reinsurance plans, health insurance, property insurance. We all share the cost, car and vehicle insurance. We all share the cost for other people out there who do whatever the hell that they want. So the people out there who are not taking care of their health, who, you know, they're the high risk individuals, the cost is spread out. That's the concept of insurance. The cost is spread out over everybody for the insurance company. Yes, they're a business. And yes, they're always going to be profitable. The day they're not profitable, they're not offering you coverage and you're going to be on your own. But let one catastrophic event hit this country, another Ivan, and all of a sudden you all will appreciate the importance of insurance. Can improvements be made? Absolutely. Right? Improvements can be made. Do you know that in the last 20 years, physicians in this country, because of the um, insurance laws, physicians in this country have not been able to increase their fees $1? Let that sink in for um, physicians in this country, my apologies have not increased their fees $1. Everybody else going up in on, on fees, including the insurance companies. But the physicians, right, have been stuck at that rate for the past 20 years. I'm rounding it up. I think it might be 16, 17 years, whatever. 20 years, round it up. Inflation has gone up. All their materials to buy stuff, buying gloves, buying sutures, whatever it is that they need to buy, needles, everything, all of that has gone up. But the physicians in this country continue to charge what they were getting 20 years ago because the government has them held in a holding pattern. Now, we, we want to talk about fairness. Let's have a talk about it. If you are a physician, how is that fair to you? That's not fair to you. you you're living in this country just like everybody else and trying to make a living just like everybody else. And you're the people that people that people uh, assume have money and assume you're rich. So they're always coming to you, begging you for money. But yet you've not had an increase, a pay increase in 20 years. And y'all want to talk about minimum wage? Okay. Are we going to include physicians in that when we decide that we're going to uh, raise the minimum wage? Are we going to go ahead and lift it so that they can get a little bit of an increase in their fees as well? Hmm. Y'all probably don't want to have that cold, hard truth of a conversation. But these are the realities of, of, of life, folks. So I thank Mr. Saunders for finally deciding to get to work. Um, I'm not saying that none of his you know, initiatives uh, are without merit. However, what I'm saying is, honey child, there are no free meals. And so now the mission is on to start the campaigning a little bit early because you know he lost some, some public love the other day with the shenanigans and getting booted out of office. We don't mix it. We don't mix our, our you know, we, we keep it focused here in this program. He got booted out for very, very specific reasons, folks. He got fired from the job for very, very specific reasons. You're still in there for two years. So, yes, you better work on behalf of the people. And all these things that you're promising that would have gotten done that never really came to fruition. Let's see now um, how much you can get done because you still got a lot of work to do. Whether or not you get elected after the two years is a whole different situation. But bring things to the table that you're going to, it's going to be evidence-based. It's going to be backed up by research. You're going to actually explain it to the people of the Cayman Islands and uh, things that are going to really be beneficial that 
you know, you're going to have to explain as, as the finance man and the man who understands that nothing comes for free, tell us how it's going to be paid for. The, the initiative of free lunch at the school, I think was a great initiative. This, this government implemented that. I have no issues with that. But not everybody can get a free lunch, honey Joe. Some of us actually have to get up off our behinds every single day and get to work in order to be able to have that lunch at our tables. Yeah. And some of us work very, very hard to do so. And people who don't need a handout should not be taken a handout and a handout should not be offered to them. Equip our people with the skills that they need. How come I can't hear nothing about some free, some more free education or some free courses available to the people? That's what my people need more than anything else. They need opportunities. And the only way you're going to get an opportunity is to get some education. Expand yourself. You're complaining about, oh, you're only making seven, eight dollars an hour. How are you going to upskill yourself so that you can make more than that? I'm just asking. All right, folks, so um, at this time, let me extend our condolences. It's pretty widely known now um, who this young man is. Oh my gosh, such a handsome fella. Um, uh, oh my goodness, let me tell you who this young man is. Um, Caymanian, as I just said, he's passed away. Um, this person, oh, this person said, nice paradise, sounds great. Booking a flight right now. Been to hospital in Jamaica. Needless to say, I would take my chances with my ailment. Conditions are not the best. Uh, CHS, CHHS has dental care as well. The company I work for has a terminally ill person. Their health care drives our rates up tremendously out of control. And, you know, again, that's just the, the nature of health insurance. You spread the, the risk around to everybody. Everybody's going to pay for that terminally ill person. Everybody's going to pay for that obese person who has diabetes and all these ailments because they don't want to take control of their health. Everybody pays for the smokers. Everybody pays for, you know, people with, with chronic uh, liver disease because they refuse to, um, they refuse to, um, you know, get their life together. That's, that's how the cookie crumbles, honey chow. All right, let me just see um, now. This young man, unfortunately, has passed away. His name is Kieron Watler. Very handsome fella. My goodness, so sad. Um, we don't, again, know all the details of the accident, but what uh, some of my sources have revealed is that apparently um, the, the uh, truck looks like it may have been at fault in some way pulling out in front of the motorbike and they collided. Ay, ay, ay. All right. Let me show you guys this young man's photo. Our condolences to his family. Such a horrible loss um, this morning. Just uh, uh, un unbelievable. Um, very, very sad. Mm -mm -mm. Sad day, sad day. So here's this young man, um, young Kieran Watler. I don't know his exact age, but there he is. Uh, condolences to his entire family. Somebody was showing me who his dad is and his mom and so on. Um, wow. All right. 
All right, I'm going to get some numbers. I've got some preliminary numbers about the civil servants. I'll get some additional numbers of how many people are already getting free insurance in this country. And then we can talk a little bit more about it on tomorrow's program. Tomorrow is Wednesday, folks. Y'all have a safe and beautiful day. Uh, Darlene says maybe he will get reelected because maybe he has enough family and yardies in his constituency to reelect him. Listen to me. This isn't a family and yardie thing. This is about whether or not you're doing a good job. Um, as, as you want to say, Yardis or Jamaicans are part of this community. Some of them are now our family members. Some of us are descendants of Jamaicans. And let me be very, very clear. A lot of them not going to support him just because he's a Jamaican. They want to support someone who is going to have um, good policies in place. So he not getting a, he not getting a, a free pass um, because, he is, uh, because he's a Jamaican. Because Jamaicans want better too. That's why they're in this country, because they want and expect better. Mm-hmm. Yes, honey chill. Um, it is what it is. All right, let me pull up the morning buzz for you guys. Big shout out to Kevin. He's on island uh, visiting again. He's back and forth quite a bit these days. So welcome home, Kevin. There's no place like home. It ain't perfect, and it's not paradise for everybody, but I tell you what, we have over 130 nationalities in this country. They sure think it's paradise, <laughs> and that's why they're here. I'm just saying. I don't think it's paradise, but a lot of people sure are here. Um, yes, uh, Miss Sue extending condolences as well as Miss Perla and all of us here from our CMR family and friends to uh, Miss Young Kiran's family. We really um, feel it for you guys here this morning. Hello, I'm Kevin Watler and this is your CMR Daily Buzz. Here's a summary of some of Cayman's latest headlines. As part of its commitment to ensuring the overall well-being of its team, the Cayman Islands Coast Guard has partnered with the Cayman Islands Department of Counseling to create a program that supports them should they encounter situations that increase the likelihood of post-traumatic stress and anxiety. The Coast Guard believes this will boost morale and increase productivity among members. NACAC Athletics, the Area Association of World Athletics, said Bahamian officials Pauline Davis-Thompson erred in issuing accreditation to Lacey Barnes-Riley and her husband at the recent Crifta Games, as all accreditation should go through national associations. The Cayman Athletics Association has come under heavy criticism after having the coaches removed in full view of the athletes at the event held in Bahamas earlier this month. The Shelter Operations Support Team is calling for volunteers to be trained in disaster preparations, notably in shelter operations, in early May 2023. Volunteers who sign up have two opportunities to receive the training scheduled for Thursday, May 9th and Wednesday, May 10th. Now for your CMR weather update. It's brought to you by WG Charters. Sunrise just after 6 in the morning. Partly cloudy skies are expected. When the temperature is at 86 degrees Fahrenheit and humidity at 63% like the forecast calls for, it will feel like it's in the low 90s. Winds south-southeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour and the sun sets at 646. At nighttime, the temperature falls to the high 70s. Looking forward, similar weather conditions are expected. 
If you would like to know more on any of these stories, visit caymanmallroad.com or follow Cayman Mall Road on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. That's it for now on The Daily Buzz. Thank you for joining me. Please stay safe and God bless.